Hey, Moon, how you doing? What's up, guys? How are you? Good, man. I'm a, I don't know how long I was going to be on here, so I was just going to see how, how you've been doing. Pretty good. You know, just busy with life. You're you're out in Dallas, right? Yeah. So are you so are you a big Cowboys fan? Uh yeah. Ah, uh, that's rough. To some extent. Going tomorrow night. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Who do they play? Are they playing the Seahawks? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that should be a shutdown, but you you've been pretty you're pretty stoked on uh you're a big college football guy, right? Who's yeah. your team? Uh, I like the Big Ten in general. Oh, gotcha. You get you know you watch. So the first game is um, Pitt West Virginia. I actually go to Pitt, so oh yeah, nice. that, that's a big rivalry. When is that next week? Yeah, or what? next Thursday. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited for football season to finally kick yeah, in. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Are, do you do you coach your kids? Uh, I have for many years. Uh, soccer. Like football, baseball, basketball, but as they've gotten older, you know, it's just like too much. So I've delegated, you know. I'll still help out now and then, but you know, coaching each of them, most of their sports, like the you know, from three to like eight or nine, you know, it's good to have some other presence. So I've backed off mostly, and then um, I've, my daughter plays for the number one team in the country for soccer. So oh wow, that I'm not coaching. Obviously, I stopped coaching her. Like that's hard to believe. Long, long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Wow. But yeah, so we stay we stay pretty busy. Yeah, super athletic family. Uh, okay. Oh, so I got my brothers in town. He's sitting here, and then my oh. wife just walked out with some wine. Hello. Oh yeah, it's pretty hot. All right, so we got Dimensions is here. Who are we waiting on? Okay, Andrew's here. Bring him up. I may be off my game because I've got family members watching me here. This is going to make me nervous. Can we say hi to them too, Moon? Yeah, they can hear you. Hi, Moon's family. Hi, How are you guys? Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wife thinks the show is a joke. She's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, oh, we have a good time. <laughs> it's fun over here. Yeah, you're only, you're only on for three hours and then have to go to sleep at like whatever time it is for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, yeah, the, the like, man that has like the hardest hours of quality Andrew. content. Andrew's got like 15 kids. I do. I've got, 15, I've got three if real. you multiply by personality. Uh, <laughs> I got two my, of my own as well. Oh, uh, nice. I got you. <laughs> Andrew, you've got five, five plus, don't you? Or am I, am I misremembering? I've got five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Wow. More Andrews. In awesome. The my daughter turns one next month. On the uh, congrats, on the, congrats! Yeah, so cute. That's a party for the parents, so you'll have a good time. Yeah, man, <laughs> I got one of one and one of two and a half. Uh, getting to three right now, so oh, yeah, it's the beginning of the fun. <laughs> All right, guys, if you're in here, just chilling. If you wouldn't mind retweeting the space, uh, first tweet up top will be the easiest one to do. The more folks we have listening, watching, better for the projects, for everybody. If you've got questions throughout the session, feel free to, to jump in. I may go old school. Um, I know I've been doing kind of like time slots. I just ran out of time slotting uh, different projects to speak at certain times today. So we'll do the um, 
kind of the old school do the round robin intros with everybody and then we'll go deeper with each of the projects uh but yeah so if you've got questions on projects feel free to request the mic come up here we'll dig in with you um big thanks to andrew and community three and their sponsorship of the show all week uh with the rifters project that's launching when is that uh three weeks from now andrew yeah three or four weeks yep so i know i guess bumbling mumbling over the uh the specifics on the show but um, we'll give Andrew a chance to kind of go deep with us on that. But basically, they've, you, know, you all know Community 3. They also have a sister company that's creating games now. Um, and they're basically pitting DAOs against DAOs, $100,000 more in prizes. And one of the unique things about kind of the, the concept that they've launched here is they want to be a gaming system, but they want to be like a gaming opportunity and, you know, project but something that brings people together and kind of get those emotions flowing and connecting people across spaces uh across DAOs to to get into the the gauntlet together and, and go out and compete so i'll have andrew talk a little bit more about uh what they're doing but thanks so much for sponsoring the show as our headline sponsor all week and then dimensions is our mint of the week those guys mint tomorrow we'll be digging in with them as well super excited to have them up here um fingers crossed i know it's always crazy mint day and they're probably super nervous like everybody but uh, they'll have a successful day tomorrow, but they're a fully integrated P2E create and learn metaverse with thousands of assets, hundreds of worlds, and some of the biggest names uh, dabbling in that world. If you look at the third tweet that's up top and pinned, you can check out their demo, start building, playing. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for sponsoring the show. Uh, as far as projects go uh, for tonight, we've got Atari hanging out with us. So they're going to be talking about this new game that they're launching called Pong. It's got these two uh, stakes on each end. You kind of bounce a ball back and forth. It's really uh, revolutionary. But <laughs> um, no, but for real, it is, it is the uh, official Atari that will be hanging out with us, talking about the future of Web3, what they're building. Super excited to kind of dig into um, the projects, the games, and their vision for the future when it comes to NFTs and, and Web3. We'll be going deep with Dimensions, and then Focus 5 Sports will be spending time with us uh, as well. Uh, happy to have them on here. We may have Terrorblock Games jumping in and talking about their meta game that they've launched uh, a couple weeks ago, and then they put it on pause while they fixed a couple of glitches. I think they relaunched it this week. Uh, so if uh, Cheddar jumps in, we'll uh, have them join the foray as well. With that, let's get to the content, shall we? So uh, let's do quick intros. We'll go Atari, Dimensions, Focus, 5 Sports, uh, and then we'll go over to Andrew, uh, Cheddarblock, jumps in we'll uh we'll go to him as well and then we'll start digging into all of the content actually cheddar's here now so here he is uh but with that let me uh pass the mic over to atari so guys thanks so much for jumping on give us like a two-minute intro who are you who's part of the team you know what are you guys doing high level and then we'll we'll go over and we'll spend time with the mentions for a minute Hey, sure. Good good evening, late night to some. Uh, my name's Scott. I'm here from the Atari team. I see in the, the crew down there, we have our community team down there as well. Uh, community manager. We also have Tyler Druitz, which is our director of Web3. Um, <clears throat> and then, of course, we have our development team for Atari X, which is Nifty Labs. Um, that's, you know, the Truth Labs team, Goblin Town. Uh, good friend of ours there. So across the board, we 
from a Web3 side, you know, we're, we do operate more as a startup, but we're also able to pull from the actual Atari team. Um, and with that leading into really what Atari X is. So earlier this year, Atari announced Atari X. Um, luckily, Atari was really early to the space, like 2019, signing their first deals with, you know, Zed Run, um, Artifact, you know, later acquired by Nike. And this year, Atari decided, okay, you know, there was some change in the leadership team, and we really need to consolidate our blockchain interest into a unified operation, solely controlled by Atari. Uh, so throughout this year, Atari has been building this X side of the business, which is Web3, you know, focused in hiring internally, uh, filling staff, growing out the team, but operating still as a startup. So it's a very interesting yet fun and creative uh, team to be a part of. And, and it's going to obviously grow over time. Um, but what we're doing thus far in the space is, you know, again, we, we had a lot of early partnerships. We own a lot of sandbox land. Um, so we were luckily early to the space to get great relationships and to get, you know, solid assets, both in the metaverse um, and through partnerships. And now what we're building is an ecosystem in-house internally that still provides value to those previous projects and endeavors, but really you know, puts it all in, into a central track that that allows us to move forward uh, with better direction and um, more digestible for the consumer. All right, good start, good opening. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for for jumping on. I got dogs out here now too, so if you hear dogs barking, that's what's going on. Um, <laughs> quick uh, thank you to Dookie Mikasu, Geppetto on the block, Matt, Andrew Kaler, Scott. Ryder and Aaron Cork for retweeting the space. You guys are legends. Super grateful. Uh, we also have, um, yeah, Mikasu retweeted twice, so appreciate that. All right, let's go over to Dimensions. Guys, uh, grateful to have you as well. Give us a quick intro. Good to see you. As always, it's fun being with you, man. It is a, a pleasure and a joy. Let's hopefully make sure this isn't like a nine-hour episode. But, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dimension is a fully integrated play and earn to create and earn metaverse with uh, thousands of assets, as you said before, and hundreds of worlds working with some of the biggest names in Solana. Uh, we aim to be an adaptive and composable metaverse. And with our mint coming up tomorrow, uh, you're able to own your own dimension, customize your avatar, uh, engage in our dual tokenomic system. We have one where it actually will be in-game earned, a photon, uh, one that will be our other, our other governance token. And essentially what we're trying to do is launch guilds from communities and explore the metaverse worlds of Solana. Uh, and while we're starting here in Solana, we consider ourselves chain agnostic and we expect to and are already partnering with uh, projects on other blockchains, on Ethereum, as well as Polygon uh, and soon near protocol. We have a working demo that you can try already. Uh, and essentially what we do is we try to help you build a better, more immersive experience with your community. Uh, we have like a running joke between the team that we are your Q4 um, people here in, you know, Web3 on Solana. We would see this on their roadmap, Q4, metaverse integration. And uh, when Q4 came through, there was no actual metaverse integration. And so what we're doing is we're trying to be your Q4. We want to build a bond with your community and have that immersive experience. And so what we're doing is trying to add more value, not only to Solana, but to Web3 and all of kind of that's all, all of all of crypto really uh, 
you know, the projects that are actually genuinely curious about creating metaverses, right? We sit down with them, we go over their lore, we talk about like what type of assets they want, and we try to make it come alive. Uh, as I said before, our mints tomorrow, we have a lot more coming, but that's us kind of like in a nutshell. Got lots of questions for you. Good, um, good to have you guys. Thanks for coming up. Uh, one quick question before we move on. When did you guys actually start launching and, and jumping on spaces? Was this like four or five months ago or was it a summer launch? Um, I'd say probably for the past like two, three months. Yeah. We've just been doing like as many spaces as we can. Spaces, Discord AMAs, just as much like, you know, uh, getting out there into the space as we could. And I've been into space, uh, I think, uh, with you in uh, like eight months ago. Uh, we spoke about uh, the project and I've built, uh, we, we've kept like building up uh, two really connections and partnerships and uh, really tap into the founders and what the ecosystem needed. And uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I remember you guys coming on way, way back, it feels like. So, um, well, good. Good to see you guys. Thanks for, for coming up. All right, let's go over to Focus 5 Sports, guys. Good evening. Give us an intro. Yeah, what's going on? Appreciate you having us on last minute and filling in. Uh, pretty stoked to be here, share what we got going on for everyone. Uh, we are a little different. We are, you know, having fun. So we are just a giveaway project. So a lot of you might not know me. Uh, some do, but my name is Trent. I own Focus5Sports.com. Um, I'm in like four or five DAOs right now. Uh, giving my five plays it's just a bonus for extra people in their DAOs, you know to make some extra money um, i'm in jelly esports drunken apes secret space society and a couple more um so we all you know so we wanted to have some fun bring all those DAO projects to or bring all those DAOs together into one start our own project and just start doing some giveaways so we're gonna use the uh DAO, or so we're gonna use the mint funds to start a betting wallet and we're just going to start placing one bet a day on the play of the day at FocusFlySports.com. And if it wins, we do a giveaway of $200 USD or more. And if it loses, we move on to the next day. Um, you know, it's me and my brother running the project. He does most of the stuff so I can focus on the picks. Uh, we have a good group of team. You know, I brought a bunch of people over from those different DAOs, so they're helping out as well. And yeah, we have a lot going on. We're doing a lot of giveaways and really can't wait to get in it. Awesome, guys. Thanks for coming up. Uh, quick question for you. As far as like the, the picks go that you're, you're putting out there in some of these different discords, is it a pretty thorough write-up? Like when you go to DGAS, there's picks in there sometimes and you're talking like several paragraphs of just content. Just curious like how deep you go. No, um, so I actually just give out five plays ranked uh, one through five. Uh, put the and you know don't really write a description for any of the plays on in our and those plays are those plays for NFT projects or is that uh, sports betting? No, they're sports bets from so right now it's all MLB and then it'll be MLB it'll be college football NFL and then we move into college basketball so it's every day it's all day every you know almost all the sports. Okay, got it. Awesome guys, thanks for coming up. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Andrew, Community 3, Rifters, over to you. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks for having me again. Uh, hopefully we won't keep you up too late and your, your wife can forgive me for however long, however long this session goes. 
you know, it's a, actually a funny small world because I was on a meeting with Atari earlier today, and I'm guessing Atari X guy over here that you've never heard my name before, you've no idea who I am, you probably don't know who C3 is, uh, but we are engaged actually in a joint venture. So on the Atari original IP side and NFT side, uh, we're working with the original CEO of Atari and then trying to map the strategy for what to do with NFTs in, in Web3. And I've been told that we need to cross over. And so at some point, I think you and I will actually probably be in a deep conversation trying to map through all of this stuff. But a uh, pleasure to meet you on a space. Uh, and I'm guessing you've never heard of me before, but I, but I know who you are. <laughs> I, you're talking about with, with Nolan, right? With Nolan, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Very aware. Yeah, definitely. We, I think we, we're on the, the books to get a meeting together in the next couple of weeks. So perfect. It's Excellent. funny how it's awesome how Web three uh, crypto Twitter works, man. <laughs> I know exactly. And we're like, oh, this is great. Like, people keep asking me, like, hey, Atari X, this thing with portals, is that the thing you're working? on? I'm like, no, it's not. But but it is all intertwined. We're all under the you know the same family. But there's a lot of moving pieces when you get a company the size of Atari. Uh, okay, so Rifters. So for anybody here who hasn't already heard, uh, Rifters is a game that's been being developed in stealth for most of this year. Uh, I was telling someone about it before today, and actually I realized I've never described it this way, but it was actually initially inspired by Ready Player One. Not only the, the metaversal element of Ready Player One, but actually the game event of Ready Player One. The fact that people were playing and competing towards a task, and there was ways for people to compete individually or compete inside of groups. And that was a lot of the inspiration when we started building this game, was how do we allow people to play in groups, play individually, uh, and, and compete in like an event that would be like glorious and fun and time-gated. So we built this game. It is the world's first MOCE RPG, uh, mass, mass Online Community Event RPG. Uh, it has multiple levels of reality where it actually functions on Twitter, it functions in Discord, and then it functions inside of a very deep RPG game. And the DAOs that are involved in playing this game are literally playing with their own NFTs. So let's say you've got OK Bears and Tayo and Famous Fox and Mad Scientists. Well, the people are actually coming into this role-playing game and then playing those NFTs, having attributes based on the NFTs uh, that they own, uh, and then competing both individually and, and as part of a group in this role-playing game. Uh, <clears throat> it has both PvE elements where... You're competing against the world, trying to defeat the Rift Lord, trying to beat the game, gathering items. And it also has PvP components where you're competing against other people. You're fighting in gladiatorial arenas. You're assassinating them. You're, you know, fighting over different locations. So it actually combines uh, both of those types of, of gameplay. It is a very story-driven game, uh, very much about either competing against other DAOs to get people rallied uh, together and against one another. Uh, and we launched a game as a test for Rifters called the Solander Winter War. And we involved 16 different DAOs in a game we had reskinned that's like Plants vs. Zombies. Uh, that game has had uh, three times more active players than any other game that I know of that's play to earn on Solana. Uh, we launched that game like three weeks ago. It immediately became the most played game because we used this of having DAOs compete with one another. <clears throat> and when you, you know, give college campuses a, a cause to root for, you give people a flag to wear, right? It really gets people's juices going and it gets a, a lot of fun in terms of that, that competition between groups. So that idea that we tested with Solana Winter War that has gone very well is the premanent idea inside of Rifters. Uh, but Rifters is a much, much deeper game. 
and it is going to launch in about four weeks uh, from now. And then we're going to do a collection that will launch uh, slightly before the game itself. Awesome. Good, good, um, good intro. Much more detail, I know, to come. But uh, thanks for, for jumping on and opening up. That's Andrew. See, I always call you Community 3, but C3, that's like the, the, the cool way, right? C3 is the cool way. Plus, it is actually a complete coincidence that, so Community 3 is the name of this other company. And then when we founded this game company, we called it Community First Games because all of the games are very community-centric. Like, how do you get communities to play together? So we have a company called Community 3. We have a company called Community First Games. People started shorting Community 3 into C3. And they're like, wait a second, both of these companies, one shorts into C3, one shorts into C1, it makes it way easier to remember. So we have C3 <laughs> and we have C1. Love it. It's marketing too. It's much easier to remember. Oh, I think Community 3 is a pretty cool name. Yep. All right, let's go over to Cheddar Black Games. Metacrash, guys, good to see hey. you. Hey, good a, to see you too, man. Up, man. Thanks for jumping in. Hey, hey. Hey, Andrew. Good to see you too, buddy. Uh, buddy, it's been a minute. <laughs> hey, good to see you, Blake. Hey, we should still chat at some point in time. I still want to pick your brain about marketing. Oh, mate, anytime. You know what I'm like. I'm always open for a, for a conversation. But, uh, mate, yeah, so uh, Chatterblock Games, for those who don't know us, we're actually a project we minted out about like six weeks ago. Uh, we're developing a mobile Web3 Steam uh, that pretty much uh, where our business model is that we aggregate games and bring them onto our platform that's going to be downloadable on uh, iOS and Android. And you're going to be able to play a plethora of games that are all PVP in nature, skill-based type style games. And uh, yeah, like we've got some pretty cool, uh, you know, advisors on board. We've got people such as Moon Roving himself, but we've also got uh, the former head of Twitter gaming and sports. Uh, we've also got a partner of Boston Consulting Group. Um, we've got a fantastic team on board, an amazing community. I think it's in gaming communities always just foster a, a really healthy community because Everyone's just always having fun. And uh, I think maybe we're a bit oblivious sometimes and we feel like we live under a rock because our community is just always cheering and always happy. And if there, anyone is upset, you know, I'm, I'm always there. So I, I just I make sure that I treat them like family and, you know, we become family. And uh, I think that's, you know, why we've seen, seen a bit of success so far. But, uh, you know, we've also just released a, a game recently called Metacrash. Uh, so what it is is essentially a crash game that's uh, built on Solana. Um, we accept, you know, uh, coins such as Solana, Dust and Forge. Uh, the whole idea is uh, to basically like put it, put down a bet amount and stop the game before it decides to crash and it decides to stop. And what happens is it starts at like one and then it goes up by a multiplier of like times two, times three, times four, times five. And you've got to try catch it out before it decides to stop. And it's pretty much just like a fun little uh, betting game that you play. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people generally playing online. Um, and yeah, th this is something that we've uh, introduced just recently. And we're actually going to take 60% of the uh, profit that we make in that game and throw it back to all our holders. Um, the way that we're doing that is we're not doing it in passive income. We're doing it in a, a form of uh, where the, the holders themselves actually have to complete a call to action for us so that we can actually give them their share of that 60%. And, and what that enables us to do is uh, it stops us from becoming a security, uh, which would, you know, because we would be recognized as, as a security in the US uh, had we had we done passive income. Uh, and so we're trying to make sure that we appease, you know, one third of our community who are people from the US and and make sure that they remain compliant. So we just get them to complete marketing tasks for us that take no longer than 30 seconds, such as 
go ahead and uh, retweet this tweet or go ahead and uh, create a tweet about Metacrash and Jetablock Games. And, and that's literally the task. And then we can give them 60% of the profits that we make. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing. Uh, it's Cheddarblock Games in a nutshell. There's a lot more to unpack, but that's for another time. So yeah, cheers, Moon and Andrew, for letting me speak. Yeah, 100%. Hey, uh, by the way, I knew where you were going. Uh, the second you were like, hey, we've got 60% going back to holders. And you know what? We're going to ask them to, I'm like, yep, you're, you're, you're getting around SEC compliance because you get someone to do something for that money. Now they're getting paid for the action, even though that's the action is right. paid by the NFT. It's, I've that's, actually told it's, some it's people genius. to do that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It, yep. ma- it makes so much sense because they become our micro influencers, right? And yep. it's like uh, it's like the the platform by Jules Lund uh, called Tribe, where you literally like if you've got big budgets and you have like fifty thousand dollars to spend, you just you give it to them, and then they go find you two hundred micro influencers on Instagram to plug the product that that you're trying to sell. And we're essentially just doing that, but with a game. Like it's it's genius. But Andrew, like you are you of all people would understand that model like it's so so deeply. I I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. No. Can I can I can I just jump in here? Um, a big big shout out to Cheddar here. Um, it's it's great to hear an Aussie accent uh, from the other side of the world. Um, personally, I'm I'm in Sydney, so it's it's awesome to actually see. Same. Uh, a lot of, yeah, Sydney. Good on you, mate. Uh, we're we're definitely gonna meet up. I can I can tell. Um, it's it's amazing to actually see. The amount of Australians from across the other side of the world um, getting involved in all of the Web3 stuff, uh, it's a crazy environment. It's its backwards for us because it is Solana winter here. Um, we usually mint at 3 a.m. in the morning. So everyone that's from Australia is totally addicted. Um, no one gets up at those times to do the type of stuff that we do and um, work things around our crazy families so they don't understand what we're doing. So just a little shout out. Um, welcome, my friend. Um, I'd love to have a chat with you and um, connect. And it's amazing that that we're able to come into this type of space with, with these type of people and, and connect with all of us. Um, it's, it's amazing. Mate, love ya. Champion. Uh, mate, you know, caps in Australia means something very different to maybe where it means other places in the world. But uh, uh, glad that we have been able to cap- connect caps. And, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, now you got to tell us, what, what does that mean, caps? No, <laughs> you, you, you don't need to know. It's a, it's a long weekend. Um, that's all we need to tell you. <laughs> Uh, a, a, a little, a, a little bit of a doxing. My, my name is Caputo, so I've been called Caps for the last thirty years. Um, and yes, the the Aussie, the Aussie weekend um, is a revolved around Caps, and that's all we need to say. <laughs> so it's got nothing to do with that. It's actually got to do with my last name. Um, and if you're an Aussie, you're the only person that can understand that. Um, that's that's web two. <laughs> hey, you quoted uh, being in the Solana Winter over there. So you know, if you're in the Solana Winter, you got to come compete in the Solana Winter War. Like that's that's the whole nature of it. It gives you something to do. It's fun. So both on your end, I'm not quite sure how we can do it on the Cheddar side, but we should talk about it because love to have anybody here who wants to be involved who has a DAO or a project. We would love to hear more about that, Andrew. That's... Like we've like ever ever since like the last time we heard you, man. Like it, it's crazy hearing like how how similar like some of our ideas are 
And so if uh, you guys are having like a, uh, a Solana Winter War-like battle with some of the greatest names here in Solana, heck yes, we would love to hear more about that because that's that's what we're trying to do as well. Have like raiding parties, but in like a 3D sense. And it seems like you've kind of tapped into that idea already. So I would love to kind of pick your brain about that if we could. Yeah, similar idea. Our execution is going to be completely different, right? Your version for what you're doing is much deeper. Rifters is also deeper. The Solana Winter War is a much more casual mobile style arcade game but still you just give something to people to do to play together and they, they show up and they you know people want something to do right now there's there's not a lot to flip not a lot to buy a lot of idle hands out here in the slot of winter 100 percent, 100 percent. i love pixel art too i love pixel art i love uh, i love the idea of like tapping into the community and tapping into like what what this community is building and what this like ecosystem is is is, is developing like week after week uh, it really is like beautiful to witness because it's it's like one week. I think it's crazy. Like we're not all meta chasers, but it's it's wild. We develop this type of technology and these type of like systems to kind of catch up, so we can hurry on to move on to the next like most impactful technology or the most innovative like system. And I I, I like seeing that. And I think it sounds like Solana Winter Wars is 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 some of that where it's bridging all the communities together and it's giving giving us something to do like in the downtime. Well, I, I have a feeling that on your end, uh, it will further inspire you for things you're already doing if you come and kind of see how it works. I think on the Cheddarblock side, it might change your perspective from the game you just described, because I just heard a game from Cheddarblock that doesn't leverage community. And actually, you can do things that will leverage community that I think will magnify your platform. It works way better for Cheddarblock than it does for what we're doing. Uh, but you should come check it out, Blake, just because... I actually think you'll look yeah, at it and go, oh, wait a second. I can do that way better <laughs> with what I'm already doing. Uh, Man, yeah, would would love to check it out, bro. Uh, to be honest, it's pro- I, I knew you guys were doing something. I just, I think everyone gets so busy and like to try try be involved in every single thing that comes out. Just sometimes gets a bit it gets a bit ahead of you. Oh, but it gets a bit behind you. But um, mate, I, I know that Mister Worldwide from Stone Frogs, who's part of our community champion bloke was was talking about it and and when he was like oh you know i'm doing this i'm part of this and can i get some players from Cheddarbot games to come in and be part of like my day i was like mate 100 percent. i was like i know andrew like he's a good bloke like just chill that in the group no problems at all and and so definitely supporting you with that you realizing mate uh even if it's only like like a microscopic percentage of support but you know always always love what you're doing bro so mate happy to be involved in whatever yeah, everything we cross over, you know, uh, Dimension and, and us were talking about this a lot on whatever Monday or Tuesday we did the last one of these, which is that the more we cross over our gaming communities, the more we're starting to build an actual, like, collective of people who like to build games, communities. Each of these communities has their own flavor, but there's also reasons for them to be connected. And this is like, and then when the rising tide comes, all of these communities will, will rise together. Uh, I, I do think that we're all, you know, much stronger together. Well, I think I think Mike, about it this way too. I think like you build this like this force that can't be overrun, right? So if you're just gonna on an island by yourself, you build something that's great. But when the the bigger boys, let's say, right, like these big, you know, AAA entities come into the space, which they will, maybe some already kind of here, you know, if we've already kind of built this like interconnections amongst the smaller projects, I mean, it becomes much more difficult for them to break in. And not that we want to push people out, but it will definitely uh, put you guys in position to continue to to be in the lead, right, and be out there with the community and all that good stuff. So I think like the partnership. You know, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, different projects coming together, and uh, it'll, it'll set you up to be, you know, a long-standing force uh, for months, years, years to come. Right. So, I feel like we have the options ahead of us of like 
do we cater heavily to, you know, Web2 to, you know, a lot of people coming in, uh, smart money coming in, or do we cater heavy to like the community? And I feel like right now, uh, Solana and crypto, Web3, it's it's at a juncture. Like eventually, you know, they're going to come in. We all know that's an eventuality. And we need to build we need to build something that kind of empowers the community and gives like the gives them the tools to compete with something like this and at least have like a say before like hardcore companies come in and just start gobbling things up left and right. You know, like and that I th- I think that gaming is like the I don't know, it's it's the tip of the spear, so to speak. That's the main thing that's gonna happen. It's gonna give people that sense of community, let people feel the culture, let them feel the mode, let them feel like the, the community. And then they're going to say, you know, yeah, we want to protect this. Yeah, we want to, we, we like the foundations of this. We like the principles of this. We like being able to come out and, you know, kind of be goons a little bit. We like being DGENs. We don't want to have to do all this extra stuff. And it has to start with the, the gaming community. It has to start with the gaming sector. And that's where people will spend most of their time, the same way they do in, in, in Discord. And if we can figure out, again, I think this kind of picks up what, what, uh, what Andrew and Chris were talking about just the other day on your show, Moon. If we can figure out how to... I guess like amplify discord. Cause I think Andrew said it just, just, he said it just the other day. He's like, discord is the, is the, is the, is the only thing we have at the moment that has like that closest semblance to like a metaverse. And that's why we get so upset with Twitter because it doesn't even function the way it should. And discord is like the closest thing. If we can figure out how to have like a more immersive experience with discord and like web three, like it's, 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 that's, that's, that's the formula. That's the secret code. That's what we need to crack. And, uh, it has to come through like the gaming sector. People are looking for something to do, uh, and that's why we have to we, we we have to evolve like the staking, the looting, the raffles, the auctions, all this stuff because those are various games themselves, and we have to figure out how to put that in something uh, that's seamless and fun. So, sorry to go off of that ramble, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're good, you're good. Yeah, totally uh, agree with everything you just said. Like Discord is like the glue, and it's where the communities exist now. And, you know, when a, when a company like Blizzard decides they want to do NFTs, they're, they're going to try to do it completely separate. And they're going to be like, okay, we have our own chat platform. We have our own launcher. They're going to want to ignore the Web3 world. And I think that's going to be difficult for them to do because this world is growing very, very rapidly and has people who are passionate about NFTs and, and, and crypto. Uh, it's going to be a very weird mesh. All the big companies are coming. They're all absolutely every one of them is coming. There is, there is no... <laughs> triple a title that doesn't have a person in the room somewhere trying to figure out web three but also none of them know how to do it and so over here on our side let's figure out how to do it let's stand together let's let's start building games that are that are deeply... is the building bricks we're building, setting up yes. this foundation like uh, if we're setting up this culture right uh we'll have a, a home to welcome them because it, they're not like we don't we don't have to like to portray them as meanful or whatever they have money they have been doing the business since a lot of time uh they've been good at it uh they've pushed the market now there's a new culture everybody want to uh, touch base with it but the base it's us setting it right now so the important thing is really to r- tell our lore and our culture and uh, the, how, how we want it to function. And then if we all lock arms together and we just say, like, this is the way we want to do it, we lock arms together, we're building bridge between every metaverse because everybody has his flavors, 
and uh, basically people will jump out and on and this is the 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 way we want it this is how we have to portray it and to build it and if it's built strong enough it will be the trend so whatever come in will have to kind of uh play around this this uh this culture to to grow part of me always wonders uh you know about the future and I just think, you know, two years from now, are are there four people who are on this AMA right now who'll go, oh yeah, you know, yeah, where did the where did the beginning of really the the metaverse connecting all these communities begin? You know, was it back in the morning mint show? Like, is that is that where it was? And you know, I'm still in touch with Andrew and with you know Moon Roving and with Blake and you know, like, I, I just wonder if that <laughs> if this is the beginning. It may not be. Because we, you know, we might not succeed. Uh, certainly, my aim for this to be uh, the beginning, and my aim with Rifters uh, and with Solana Witcher War is for this to be the beginning of this thing. And I totally agree that we build the foundation, then we can welcome in the rest of the world. Because a lot of how this should be done will be solved, and we'll already have a lot of different flavors and strong communities uh, to kind of welcome the rest of the world as they come. See, I like, I, I see, I like that idea. I like that we're like already having that discussion, and you know, to a degree, like operations like Facebook, who switch to Meta, they're having this discussion. Okay, people want a more immersive experience. They want to have a more engaged, like, like, ex- like experience with their friends and with their communities. They want to talk more. They want to do things more. Let's create like something that has like a VR, cap- a, a VR component, an AR component, something where you know it's more than just typing and texts and occasional foot picks and things like that. And what we're, what, we're, what we're beginning to discuss is just like, what's the fun part of that, right? We don't want something where it's already pre-built. You have to go in there and, oh, look, I guess I kind of like it, even though it's, you know, standard and there's nothing really nice for us to do. Nobody wants something like that. You want to be able to, like, empower people. You want to be able to give those tools to people and let them, like, make their own world. Because, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, and, and, and you want to be able to explore these different experiences. And I think we need to have those different type of discussions instead of just having like a boiler, a boilerplate meta verse approach uh, brought to you by Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. You know, like that sounds absolutely horrible. I'll, I'll, I'll gargle Drano instead. I would rather hang out with people who are creating, you know, games off of Steam, games off of, you know, itch.io, games for, for, for Xbox, games for Web3, like all of this new stuff, that's that's what I'm excited to see. Something fresh, something new, right? Not something that's rehashed, something that's the same. I want to see like people really pushing the boundaries. And I think that combined, like the innovation combined with the creativity that you see in Web 2 or Web 3, it's a recipe for success. And we've got to figure out how to protect that. And I think in a weird way, it may sound silly, but games are going to be that, that kind of that component. Uh, they're going to be like the bastions where people are able to express creativity have a great time, you know, and, and, and not necessarily worry about, uh, I guess, kind of being poached, uh, being overwritten, uh, kind of, I, I don't know, like being lost in the tide, if that makes sense. Like, I really do believe that we're, we're, we're beginning to have those historical conversations. If you look at, I mean, I don't know, if you look at the, look at the growth of these type of conversations, they were not this serious a year ago. And I think that's because there's a genuine need, again, for these type of games and these type of experiences. And people want them. They just did not know what they wanted, right? 
and we're beginning to have that conversation of what type of game do you want? What, what, what type of experience would you like to have or would you like to create for others? You know, you know that creation for others. Oh, sorry. Someone else was talking. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I like the. So it sort of has to touch on what dimension and what you were saying, Andrew, about like these these conversations right now and like what that looks like, you know, in some time from now where we look back and we think, oh, like, you know, I remember when where that all started. The, the thing that tells me that the space isn't yet ready for big uh, corporates or or large sort of like largely like you know more IRL well-known style of, uh, of individuals or icons is is this is that when we look at the space and we look at what works and what doesn't it always revolves around that sense or that feeling of community and like if we look at okay well like what what what's really working like there has been some there has been some like projects like such as the Nike Nike shoes that have done really well I think they did 185 million in you know upfront and then secondary royalty sales which is you know pretty phenomenal right i'm not i don't really know too much about it and how they did i just read a news article but if we look at things like like the chris brown uh collection that came out like you know probably pretty bad time there's a whole number of reasons why it didn't work but that was like two weeks ago or three weeks ago and he sold like three percent of his whole collection so some guy that has you know, tens of millions of followers around the world was only able to sell 3% of his collection. And it just shows me that the formula that we have here right now is validated because of, of that community piece. I feel like if you can't foster the community and you can't, you can't grow that when you just don't have the knack for it, well, you're probably not going to be able to succeed with the rest of the project, right? Yes, you, if you have the business fundamentals and everything like that from your, your experiences, IRL and everything like that, that, that'll get you through to different parts and whatnot. But then you essentially have to fund yourself. Like you can't uh, re- be reliant on, say, for example, secondary sales or, or even upfront sales to then help you in your journey along the way. And generally speaking, the people that do come to the space aren't, aren't necessarily always those. Well, the majority of people that come to the space aren't at the moment aren't the people that have the experience right but you the ones that do you know tend to shine through and tend to make it in the end anyway but yeah i just feel like we're we're like in a good position right now and that we do have time to continue building and continue sort of like growing ourselves and and getting our foothold in the space at this time because I, i it's 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 an overly stated term but i still believe we are actually quite early right it's just the space is too premature um, to be ready for what comes next with, you know, those big corporations. But I don't know, maybe someone wants to play devil's advocate there, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot of different things you said that I'd love to respond to. And actually, one thing that uh, that Dimension said, uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people are uh, skeptical. Uh, they haven't seen... there somebody? What's that? Oh, cut out. Maybe it was my phone. Keep going. Yeah, someone called me. Sorry about that. Uh, a lot of people are skeptical of games because they haven't seen games go and be like OK Bears, you know, PFP projects. Uh, but with the with the sort of the, the retail investors who are, hey, well, I haven't seen games go and be a huge thing that I can, you know, get a lot of value out of in terms of flipping. That's a very sort of short term perspective. Games is actually where all the money is. Games is the biggest form of entertainment in the world. It's bigger than music. It's bigger than movies. It's bigger than television. It's bigger than all three of those things combined. And every single gaming company is gearing up their budgets to come here where we're hanging out. 
<laughs> so it has billions and billions and billions of dollars that is coming to be spent to help bring their audiences and their games into this space. But also, all those game companies don't know what they're doing. Uh, and, and, you know, on some extent, we do here. We don't necessarily do all the way, but we at least have ideas and, you know, we know how to work with communities and we're, we're thinking about it from what already exists here and we're building from the ground up as opposed to just, like, trying to fly in on jets. Uh, so all of this skepticism around games is not really looking at the economics. One of the things that also caused a giant uh, NFT boom was the success of Axie Infinity and gaming companies realizing, wait a second, how many game companies are there over here that are suddenly worth billions of dollars that have almost nothing in terms of a game? Clearly the monetization per users is more effective. Okay, great, now we need a Web3 arm. So like the money is coming. It's coming for sure. And the, the future of gaming in Web3 is the most certain of all of the things that Web3 will do. Uh, it's only a matter of time. And so the question is, how much do we lay that, 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 that framework and that, that groundwork and start this gaming process off and create tools like Chatterblock Games that leans into that or like the other things the rest of us are working on? So I'm such a big believer. And you know, I, I've met with a lot of the Web2 companies uh, you know, like Tencent and Blizzard and Capcom who are like, how do we get over there? Because <laughs> they know they want to come, but they don't know how to do it yet. And they need us over here to figure it out and then bring them, right? Because they can't do it on their own. Uh, I feel like I only answered one thing that was a previous question. I lost the thread on the other ones that you had said, Blake, but you had a lot of other interesting things I wanted to respond to, but now I've forgotten what my responses were. So... <laughs> Before we go too crazy, this is usually the stuff we hit towards the end of the show, but this is organic, which I love. I also want to kind of dig into the projects a little bit, probably cut that somewhat short and just kind of keep digging into the content. Uh, I do want to make sure we give Dimension some time. Obviously, all, all three main guests, but Dimension is um, minting tomorrow, so we'll, we'll hit that here in a second. Big Dog, you raised your hand. It's probably relevant to the topic, and then we'll go to Dimension, Atari, uh, Focus 5, start digging in, and we'll circle back on all this stuff. But um, Big Dog, what you got? I'll just make this real short, but I, I was totally going to agree with that point you guys were just saying there and like on, along the same lines. I work for a, a Fortune 50 CPG company and they're itching their butts to get into this this field somehow. And that's that's the key is somehow they don't know how because there hasn't been any kind of an enterprise like standard that's been set. Most of the big companies, they need to see an example of how it works before they decide that they're going to put a team together to research. And they put me on this committee at work because they, this is something that they know that I specialize in that they know nothing about, but they just want to hear from me. They're wanting to get in, but they need to see something work. And when Axie Infinity was going nuts, the game companies, they thought, okay, this is going to be our example of what actually works. And as it started to peter a little bit, you know, because obviously it's influenced by market as well as, you know, some of the internal mistakes of the game, but like that kind of flew off the radar because it wasn't the long-term success, like what they want to see to have that perfect example. This is something that worked. We're going to follow an example of another big block that actually worked. And then we'll be able to like, we'll take baby steps to kind of go, because, you know, the corporate world, they like to move a lot slower than, uh, you know, some of the big startups, like what we are all doing here. We're, I mean, <laughs> for example, like project I'm working with, this guy goes in balls of the wall, dumps his entire life savings into this thing because he knows this is going to, so like that that's what the enterprises are looking for they're looking for somebody to be a success first 
before they get in but they're all going to be interested until then and they're all watching non-stop so that's just that's my two cents i just wanted to toss that in there hey uh, i know we got to go to the projects here but uh i'd love to connect with you afterwards i used to uh I, my last company we created a, a SaaS security solution that was for cpg companies uh worked very extensively with uh basically every single procter and uh, procter and gamble brand and every nestle brand uh to basically do a SaaS solution and what we have done with our quest technology is actually equatable to something that could be used by a CPG company trying to work with different brands inside of web three. So uh, I'd love to actually sit down and talk about that because I used to think, you know what Procter and Gamble was one of our gateways to bridging web two and web three. Uh, and so if you have a CPG with a lot of brands, I'd love to just kind of talk to you about it. Uh, tons of brands that were global. So yeah, feel free. Just top of my DMS are open. Well, what's a CPG just so I could, I'm um, with the conversation. Consumer packaged goods. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. With you. So we we sell we sell products in every country on the planet. Picture that that you know uh, shampoo, food, uh, things that go on shelves in grocery stores, things you buy, you know, on Amazon. Exactly. That just comes straight to your phone. I, I was I was thinking FCMG, but I think that's uh, fast consumer moving goods or something, or maybe I got that wrong. Yeah, uh, it's fun because actually we're uh, like we're about to release a couple of things just like that bridge web to to web tree, basically through vendors terminal. So it's really like, like I would love to connect to. So uh, I'll I'll shoot you a DM. But uh, yeah, just just look at the Twitter. Uh, it will be released like in a few hours. I mean, there's where your there's where your big enterprise companies are actually going to finally connect. As soon as they realize how to connect some kind of a blockchain product to your general population, that it, and make it seamless, so that there's not because again, when 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 we push products, we have to make sure that it's a new product, but there's almost no change to the consumer when it comes to buying that product. So when it comes to some kind of a blockchain enhanced product, some kind of a something there can't be too big of a learning curve, especially at the very beginning to get more people to want to do it. And that's what they're, that's the key thing that they're looking for. How do we get something that is blockchain related? And I, and it doesn't matter what chain it's on any way, shape or form, whether it's NFT related, whether it's just cryptocurrency related, anything, how can we do this with the smallest learning curve to increase mass adoption and make it easy? And then there's your key. And the first product that's, that, that, actually really got heavy in that was the video game industry because people play games they want to download on their phone and all of a sudden i'm into this game i really like it and oh all i got to do is download this wallet okay i can do that that's no problem that's another app i just need to download i mean there's a very small learning curve there because it's a game anything else any kind of other product you know none of these big box retail and again i'm taking this way too long i don't mean to hijack this this isn't this isn't my point so i'll just cut this at 10 seconds and i'm done um but, you know, these utilities that some of these projects are creating that are blockchain specific, no big box companies looking at that stuff thinking this is what we need to do. None of them, because it's a completely different world than their consumer base, and they just need it to be easy. I'll shut up now. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go so long. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. That, per that ties in exactly like what, what we kind of want to talk about to segue into what we're doing with uh, Dimension, what we're doing with like our metaverse concept. Now we really are trying to like bridge Web 2 and Web 3. Like. One of the tweets that I pinned up there above is like our vendor terminal. It's what JP uh, just mentioned, our vendor terminals for our meta market. This allows for us to pull up like a web view inside of like our metaverse 
That way, if you have, you know, SBL tokens or something that accepts soul or even a credit card, you can, you know, purchase that item inside of Dimension and never have to leave, you know, Dimension for your for, for either your asset or for your item or your product. Uh, so this is for sure something that we'd like to talk about with you. As JP said, we have a couple of sneak peeks that are be coming out, like over the next couple of hours with some of our partners, where that same thing is set up. Uh, you can buy their product inside of Dimension uh, if you hold some of their token. And we have a lot of other cool things that we're rolling out. And so it's, it's, it's actually very interesting. And I, I think that's why we need to have like the metaverse conversation and the game conversation and the services conversation. They're all one thing in, in, in common. Uh, game utility, real estate, e-commerce, like all of this. This is how, 100%. They all, how they all get connected. Look at that, dead silence. All right, let's keep rolling through. So let's start taking some of the projects and we'll circle back on all this stuff um, and have a good night. I do want to thank whole uh was it hodler uh the soul era kit jorvina shark fin guys thanks for retweeting the space did we get muted or no i think yeah uh, i moved muted. Muted. so I'm back i was talking yep. to i was gonna say um thanks hodler uh kit jorvina uh, the Soul Era and Shark Fan for retweeting the space. But yeah, I got to start recording. These things are recorded, obviously, and good for 30 days. But I got to start putting them up on my podcasts so they live forever. And uh, I already paid to actually have that access. So I've just been super busy to, to kind of move them over. And that's one of my, my, my goals. But let's do it. So uh, Dimensions, you guys are mentioning tomorrow. Maybe start with like mint time, supply, price, and then it'd be good to know, like, what are we getting from from minting? Like, you know, as a, as a user, as becoming part of the commu- uh, community, where are we minting? And I've got a lot of other questions for you. So let me give you the mic. Yeah, for sure. We are uh, minting 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the price is uh, 1.5 soul for public, one soul for the whitelist. Uh, and we have been offering whitelist to everybody on Moon Roving Show this week. Uh, and so if you still are listening right now, you can hop inside of our Discord server. Say, hey, I'm listening to Moon. I'm here to collect my whitelist. And we will give you a whitelist. That uh, whitelist gives you a one soul mint for our uh, 800 supply portal mint, our primordial mint. That's what we're calling it. Uh, and we are minting on our own website. We will be dropping sneak peeks literally up until the hour that it takes place. Uh, and we'll be having fun all throughout our Discord server. And we're trying to figure out if we're going to do a Twitter uh, a, a Twitter party, a Twitter mint party to go along with it. But that's the, uh, that's, that's, that's the plan. All right. So as far as like the, these um, dimensions or these planets go, you can kind of create your own avatar. You're working with other projects as well to kind of build out these worlds. Maybe tell us more about that. So if you mint, you get to kind of build out your own world. It sounds like for larger Solana projects, let's just say D-Guys or, wh- or whoever, your team will work with them to kind of create a custom world. For a guy like me or just anybody in the room, if they were to mint, obviously you don't have the capacity to kind of help people build this stuff out. But what, what does that look like? Uh, well, I mean, I know you love your passive income plays. Moon. I know you love your passive plays. And so like, yeah, we, you know we, have, we have like a situation for people, you know, we have a player builder investor role. That's kind of like how we how we scaled out the holder benefits. We set it up to where people could basically like gauge their level of involvement. So if you hold one, you basically get access to our DAO. Uh, if you hold three, you get access to like all of the IRL events we're going to be doing, premium staking services like raffles, auctions and things like that. And here's where, here's where uh, the passive income play comes in. 
if you hold one of each, you unlock our guild function. So you could have like a moon roving guild inside of Dimension that just like broadcasts or simulcasts moon roving uh, 24-7. And people could hang out inside of like the moon roving Dimension and you could earn passive through that. But if you also hold four of one, we have the, the rent function. So say you do say we do sit down, we build like the moon roving world. We've thought about this building you like a little like a little space compartment like up there on a moon. We definitely thought about trying to shill it to you to get it to your attention. But say some people hung out there and you got maybe 500 people that hung out there throughout the week. We have a whole leveling system for how the or how the, how the worlds have activity. So there's a lot of different functions with uh, with just that alone, the guild and the rent function. If you hold eight, we will integrate your world personally. You'll unlock residual income from some of the percentage of royalties that we'll have. You'll unlock the free mint, the avatar mint that we have planned uh, in the next couple of months. And if you hold 10, you get to sit down with us and we will literally write out your character slash story and integrate it to the overarching story that is Dimension. So we, again, we just to kind of summarize it, we scaled up the holder benefits to allow people uh, their level of involvement with Dimension. Did you just want to play Dimension? Did you want the Web3 type of experience? Did you want to get involved and have your own guild? Did you just want to make money and rent out your world? Uh, or did you want to, you know, really get involved? And so, yeah. Nope. You're good. You caught me mid-tweet. Darn it. Um, nah, I understand. I did it earlier today, dude. All good, all good. All right, so so what have you been doing? Just out of curiosity, what you know, maybe you can't mention pro projects, um, but like what what are some of the custom stuff you've been working on behind the scenes with some of these you know worlds or dimensions? Shield them out, shield right. them down. <laughs> which, which ones? I mean, fuck, man. Uh, uh, shucks, all of man. them. Shucks. Um, I mean, we've, we've been working with Guerrilla Gang. We've been working with Homies Down. We've been working with Royal Society. Uh, we had the absolute joy of having, like, the interaction with Chris of I'm So. And uh, we, we have some very cool stuff that we're working on in the background. We might have, we might have the pandas in Dimension. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, we have a couple other projects that we have, you know, in the burner. And it's, and it's pretty cool. Uh, what I, again, what I really like doing is working with projects that have really thick lores. That's how you know people are really committed to launching a project and something that has substance when they take the time to actually develop a story. Uh, and so we have at least like several, seven to at least 10 people that we're kind of like juggling in between working with and saying, hey, we have to stop talking to you. We have to focus on our mint for a bit. Once we mint, you know, we'll get back to working with you guys. Uh, and it's very interesting, you know, because some of them are, a fair chunk of them are over here on Solana, but we're also working with Ethereum projects uh, and Polygon projects. And it's it's very, very empowering, very, very fun. And I think the only ones that really seem like not necessarily worth it, but the ones that, 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 that are committed are just the ones that write those lores, the ones that tell those stories, and the ones that aren't necessarily focused on hype and being meta chasers and stuff like that. It's the people who kind of have like a, 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 a tight ship and they're looking to take that next step, that next step. And so that's uh, that's what we've noticed reaching out in the space. Uh, and there actually is a need whenever you get down and you talk with people about what the metaverse is, being able to offer those services. They actually, you know, sit down and they think, oh, wow, what other things can I what other things can I do? I mean, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even mention talking about the partnership with Savannah Dow. And partnering with them 
and how you'll be able to take like a portal inside of Savannah Dow and come hang out in, in, in Dimensiotopia. I know it sounds silly, but we have a lot of different things that we're doing. Uh, like it's, it's, and this is why we choose to, to use the term like adaptive and compo- uh, composable. We know we're not going to have like a high resolution uh, metaverse. We do have some high resolution assets and environments that we can create. And we are partnering with some people that have some pretty cool looking worlds. Uh, but ours is kind of like a low poly, you know, casual, casual world, casual metaverse, uh, similar to Roblox or Minecraft or uh, Fortnite, something like that. So we have a lot of different things that we're cooking up over there. So if I'm in playing the game, like what, what does my experience look like? What am I, what am I doing going from one? One, is it easy to go from like one universe or one dimension to the other? And then if I'm in these dimensions, I guess it kind of depends on, on the dimension. But what am I doing as a player? Uh, it really does depend on the world. Uh, so there are some worlds that are going to be for just chilling. There's going to be some worlds that are there for questing. There's going to be some worlds that are there for battles. There's going to be some world. We, there's, there's different modes. Uh, we have team deathmatch. We have battle royale. We have quizzes. We have escape rooms, scavenger hunts, quest worlds, quiz world. Like We have a lot of different game modes, uh, and we have a lot of different worlds that have like different purposes, so to speak. And this kind of ties into uh, providing those meta those metaverse integration services. Uh, different people, different communities want different things. And so we've been able to kind of figure out how to tailor their experience of whether or not they want like a game, whether they want like a chill zone, whether they just like want a place where it's just a, a, a gen chat turned into a 3D environment. Uh, some people, again, who want those really deep experiences, we sit down with them, we, we, we adapt their lore into Dimension uh, in the same way that you can port into Dimension from Savannah Dow is the same way that we're trying to port from Dimension into some of our part, our, our, our projects as uh, staking platforms or their, uh, their gamified systems. So it really does depend on the world that you're involved in, to summarize it. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, yeah, it depends on what they build, right? What that experience is and what they're, what they're shooting for. What, so what are some of the other key elements that we're missing here that you haven't gone into? Anything oh. else that you should be highlighting? I mean, there's a ton in there, I'm sure. Yeah, there's uh, a ton. For guys in the room, they'll think, okay, should I meant this thing tomorrow? You know, what else do you want to put out there? And then we'll, we'll move over to Atari. Um, I mean, we're, we're only, uh, dungeons, boss raids, co-fights, Dow against Dow's, like a lot of, I, 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 it, it's interesting hearing a lot of what Chris was talking about is exactly what we're trying to do. Just really empowering these communities and getting them active. We're at beta 1.1.2 right now. We recently released creating goals, uh, inviting the co-creating mode, improved our, our, our user interface coins on killing enemies that are, that are saved to your account, uh, new avatars, some of which you will see in our, on our Twitter feed, the Pandoran males, the, uh, Solonites, the old oracles, you meant what happens whenever you meant right now is you basically get access to the worlds that we have built. You can start killing some of the enemies. You can start crafting. You can start doing whatever you want, and we'll start rolling out tokens. Uh, right after mint, we're going to be having mint. Uh, we're going to have staking, and so you can start getting tokens, photon, uh, and you can start using those photons whenever we start rolling out more assets uh, to buy skins, buy items, buy raffles, uh, and and even NFTs and all kinds of other things uh, in the meta market. So. We have a lot of things that we're rolling out. Mint is just the beginning, and we can't wait to show you guys. Last question for me: How do you guys? How do y'all plan to make money? Oh man, that's a hard, that's 
you know, we, we, we have a couple of ways of making money. We do provide other Web3 services, like I said before, building staking platforms, uh, doing the whole loot box, raffles, auctions, uh, and as well as having different vendors inside of our meta market. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of different ways that we've had extracurricular fundraising, but those are like the primary ways is uh, through Web3 services, vendor terminals, uh, and more. I assume it's tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right? Yes, sir. And the uh, avatars. Don't miss but, the avatars. Basically, we're building avatars for communities, and uh, we already like have some rolled out. Uh, it's a large amount of, world, uh, of work to uh, make them work all together and make sure that they are cross-metaverse and cross-platform. And those kind of things are bringing revenue as well. We have some other ways as well. I'm not sure if, uh, if, if, if Capsi wants me to say it, but we do have some other ways. Uh, as I said before, we have people who are interested in like Dimension as a software. They kind of want to have a, like we are working with real estate, e-commerce, other businesses and stuff like that. Uh, so there are other ways that we do have money coming in, but primarily we're focusing on like building out value uh, for Web3. Okay, got it. Makes sense. Um, last, last question. How many worlds are built out currently? Oof, I don't know. JP's probably got like the more specific number. I'm just the one that like, I could probably give you like a rough estimate. Like I'm I'm making quite a bit of the worlds. We have like a team of people who are making worlds. Um I don't know, JP, like how many worlds yeah. have been created, man? Oh, man, there's hundreds of worlds uh, out there, but actually like on the live version, uh, there might be like, I don't know, 50 or something. But uh, we're like, we have to understand that we're building the main dimension so people can come in. And uh, this world will be the central hub of every of everything. But everybody that got a guild can create his own central hub. And guess what? If he's getting bigger than our own dimension, you win the part <laughs> at some point. Like uh, we're empowering people with those assets as well that we're bringing. They'll be able to put affiliate market inside their own dimension. So an example, they are Best Buds and they want, uh, they want the Best bud shop inside their own dimension. They will earn through it. And we will earn through it. And what we earn, we'll put it back. So we circuit up and make sure that the economy is, uh, is healthy. Nobody cracked the code already. But uh, I think uh, the way to crack it is really to get at it and really involve the IRL inside this. And uh, afterwards, when you, you, you bring like real farm, this is where the TVL and this is where you, you play with the tokenomics and with deflationary and inflationary system to make sure that you have an eco, uh, uh, LT ecosystem. Uh, but uh, we have like some, some advisor right now about like tokenomics and uh, we are always open to, uh, to hear about like what people are thinking about this because this is all together that we will build uh, an LT uh, economic inside Web3. On top of that, just to kind of touch on something what JP said there is, is guilds, DAOs, how important those really are, right? The DAOs serve as the bridge in between like the relationship of player, developer, and founder. What ends up happening is because we sometimes don't have time 
to enjoy the games that we're building and we want other people to continually enjoy them. That's what the guilds are for. That's what the DAOs are for. They're there to say that, hey, we need more resources or, hey, you know, what's the what's the next piece of lore that's coming out? Or, hey, what's what's the next battle mission that you guys are going to run? Or, hey, what's the what's the next this? Right. Uh, somebody earlier today had asked us, uh, you know, how are you going to continually add value to your holders? Uh, you know, and you got to think about it. The easiest way I, I could summarize it is DLC, downloadable content. Do you not look forward to having like different uh, different games, different stories, different things to look forward to? Every single partner that we have, every person that, that, that joins, again, this adaptive and composable metaverse that we're building, they begin to tell their story. They get to bring their, val- their value into what we're doing, right? And it's not just monetary. Clearly, there will be like some percentage, again, that goes back to the community through royalties and through some of the deals. We even have like an emissary program where people will be able to earn anywhere from like three to 10% if they're able to helpfully, you know, successfully bring in like a, a, a partner community, so to speak, and help be a part of that deal. We want to give back to the community. But the main thing is adding more value and not in a monetary or financial sense. That, that ability to have passive income, that's only going to be there, or, or I say passive income, and really it's play to earn, create to earn. Like you guys said, you, know, you, you, you have to do something for that. Get around those SEC. Um, but the same way that we're going to be, you know, building out this metaverse is the same way that we want to give back value to these different communities in a different way. It doesn't just have to be financial or monetary. It has to be saying something that's rich, something that's immersive, something that gives them back wealth. People want people want to be able to live out their PFBs. People get attached to that. We're trying to figure out how to bring that to life and give them something to do with other people in other communities. All right, guys, that's the mentions. Check them out tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, one soul for whitelist, one and a half. If you're just going uh, after the whitelist uh, is finished, they'll be minting on their own website. Guys, thanks for coming up and hanging out. Obviously, stay on. Feel free to chill. Let's keep rolling through. Uh, let's go over hey, to Atari. Uh, on a yeah. personal note, I really wish you the best of luck. I know it's a tough market, but uh, really, really rooting for you. Thanks, Andrew. That means a lot, man. Thanks, Andrew. means a lot. All right, Atari, over to you guys. So let's start digging in. You are Atari X, kind of a startup inside of, obviously, a, a larger entity. You've got a team that's kind of growing, trying to build this kind of central track for for games but let me give you the mic and just start telling us the full story what is atari up to you know how do you you know you have got a brand obviously everybody recognizes it's um it's a brand that everyone probably you know like i think of like blockbuster right like it it died it's it's gone but um atari's back you guys are innovative you're doing cool things well what are y'all up to yeah, no, great, great point. Yeah, so Atari, you know, had a period of time where it was mainly a a company that was more on a licensing side <clears throat> as far as revenue generation, right? Um, celebrating its 50th year this year, uh, which is a feat within itself. Um, so to your point, yeah, absolutely. It, it had a, a, a long period of, of licensing deal after licensing deal. Um, so about a year ago, CEO change took place um, younger gentleman in place now in the, in the seat. He's a gamer, avid gamer, and really our main focus now is fun and value. <clears throat> and how do we bring those two things and really everything that we do? So today we did announce our Genesis NFT collection as a part of this new ecosystem. 
Um, it's a collaboration with Butcher Billy, who's um, most recently known for his work with Stranger Things season four um, and the work he did with that collection. So this project is essentially becoming the access point uh, for the rest of the ecosystem. So if you check out the website, the first thing we wanted to do was focus on the fun. So the styling of the website, the looking at the history to influence our future here was really the, the inspiration behind it. And then we partnered with portals uh, to make something called room 133. And what that'll allow you to do is actually pop into a portal space uh, from an office late 70s, early 80s, uh, plenty of Easter eggs. It's an escape room experience, no NFT, no wallet needed, you know, click and play on a desktop browser, um, where we're really just trying to incorporate <clears throat> gamification in life, right? You know, both from a metaverse experience and then from our other initiative, which is our hotline. Uh, so 888-ATARI50 is live, both from a website standpoint and from a physical hotline, right? You know, Really, what we're saying is Atari's here to bridge the gap from Web Zero to Web Three. Um, we sort of skip the others. So, with that spirit, we ha we do have a hotline. You can call it. it as an IVR. We have various messages, Easter eggs hidden in the phone line itself. You can also text that hotline, various Easter eggs, hints uh, with activations from ourselves and and from our partners. Um, and then that intertwines in the metaverse. So as you're in this metaverse space under the story and lore of Atari was actually building blockchain technology in the late 70s, early 80s. And we need you to go back to this office and underground facility uh, to help capture some of this technology that's needed today. Uh, so you're getting dropped off into an office with that perspective. Um, and that's really the story and lore behind Atari X is there were some things Atari was working on in the 80s that were quite groundbreaking from an R&D standpoint um, that was beyond gaming. Um, so we're just trying to shed light on some of those things, you know, things like game line, uh, things like the VR headset, um, things like the Cosmos. You know, a lot of those things are 15, 20 years before, you know, mass adoption. And they were really just ideas that Atari partnered with other companies to make. Um, and we're just trying to highlight that spirit and bring that spirit back to what we do through gaming, through utility, through community, through fun. Um, so really, in a nutshell, that's where we're at. There's a lot more in the pipeline we're working on through this ecosystem. Um, but the roadmap is it's visible on the website to see really end of year what we're looking at. Um, and it's starting with this collection of 2,600 unique posters. We're committed to giving half a million dollars back in value to the community. Um, a piece of that's unstoppable domains. Uh, another piece of that is allowing our holders to have a storefront where it's token gated printing, you know, frame printing um, as we're partnering with the world's largest tech on demand print company to allow our holders to only print your poster. So no one else will have that one of a kind poster except for you, both in your wallet and on your wall. Um, website has plenty more laid out as far as, you know, those that like to read and we'll be teasing things over the next two weeks and we'll be minting in September on the Ethereum blockchain. So as far as a um, couple of questions here, the frame printing, can I print any like NFT that I have or is it solely for the, the posters? So through the, through the partner we have, you can print any NFT you have. Um, we're partnering with them to actually work on some technology, a little, a little, 
deeper than what they're currently providing, but they're providing amazing technology. So when you're at our website, you can go to their main website, connect your wallet and print anything you have, frame it how you want, mat it how you want. Uh, they sh ship globally and they turn around in three days. So it's a it's really solid product. But what we want to do is make it so that uh, the art, if you go to the website, you go to the portal space, there's a couple posters up. This art is absolutely incredible. We took 15 IPs. There's so many variants. There's 35 plus logo variants um, that this, you know, Butcher Billy is just totally put a different perspective on these games um, and, and showing them in ways that people haven't seen them before. And then you're going to be able to take that. And we're actually giving a discount to all holders for a print frame print and certain NFTs. There's going to be certain traits that allow you to get uh, the free frame print. Um, so we're really just trying to give back, right? The onboarding to earlier discussions that was had is how do you onboard people? Well, you create experiences without barriers, right? You don't need a wallet. You don't need an NFT. Click this link, go in this room, walk around. Most gamers know how to do that. Um, and then you create things they already like buying. They love posters. They love merchandise. They love clothing, of course, games. And then we're we're activating some of the the other Atari merchandise through this Web3 initiative, right? So Atari sells game cartridges that are collectible to this day that have LED strips in them that light up, um, of course, merchandise. So we're, we're really trying to intertwine both our brand Atari with Web3 and balance that internally. Uh, which is very fun, right? I was listening to all of the conversations. It is, it's definitely a struggle. We have a lot of partners. We we talk to a lot of brands that are trying to figure out the space. Um, and for us, it's it's really community first. So it's it's great to hear those conversations earlier that were taking place. And and we agree. It's it starts with the community. It starts with fun over revenue. Um, and, and that's really where we're at today. So today was our launch day, and, and here we are on the space to talk and hang out and pin some tweets to sh share some of this fun art. So the printing of the poster, is it an actual poster? Actual poster on the wall. You can get it up to three feet by like four feet framed glass, you know, and, and high quality stuff. Um, I'm a, I myself, I'm just, a, before, you know, even outside of NFTs, I just love collecting stuff. I uh, love prints. I love high quality merchandise. And um, I'm impressed with what I'm seeing uh, from them from a print standpoint, for sure. And as far as the images go, I was on your website earlier. Is, is the posters themselves, are they, oh, yeah. are they basically like the games of Atari over the decades, like Centipede? And is that, is that what the art is? Yeah. So it's 15 IPs, 15 different game titles, but there's different traits within those. So it's, it's, you know, to your point, Centipede is one we demoed out. We demoed out Asteroids as well, Adventure, and Crystal Castles. And then each NFT within those subgroups have variants. They have different um, game titles with different shapes and logos, uh, different color waves, different variants, and some hidden Easter eggs for some of the games that actually had Easter eggs in their game. Um, and then one of the main things we're looking to do is gamify these traits, right? So if you're looking at the art on the website, you'll see various logos in the bottom right. You might see some stickers pop up in the bottom left. There'll be a lot of gamification uh, through owning these. And our next one of our next phases in our roadmap is really that that social component and how do you, you know, reward co consumer or customer community loyalty. 
uh, through both Web 2 and Web 3 behavior and transactions. Uh, <clears throat> so that's to your question. Yeah, the the prints themselves have different copy, different art variants, different title, different logos and stickers as well. And these were done in, um, I guess, in tandem or in partnership with the artist from Stranger Things 4. Is that right? Yeah, so he's done Stranger Things 4. He's done some awesome work for a lot of Netflix shows in general, Black Mirror. Um, he's done a lot of UFC flyers. He's If if you go to our pre-mint or our, our knowledge base, you can actually check out his um, Instagram or Twitter. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, even just his Stranger Things posters have done like 100 million plus views in two, three months and have sold an extreme number of prints. Um, but what we wanted to do here is make it so that the NFT holder that's your print. No one else can buy that. No one else is, you know, able to print that print, obviously legally, um, except for you. So that's, that's, you know, both a digital asset and then you can get this thing on your wall. Um, and the art itself is just really, it's really different and it's a generative poster run. And then there's even a filter on top of the poster that gives it a different condition, uh, which will also apply into the rarity. Can you speak to, uh, I guess, the gaming piece and what that roadmap looks like? I mean, I think Atari, I think of games, right? So, like, what is the vision with Web3 gaming through Atari? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Web2-wise, there's there's a lot of game titles coming out by end of calendar year and, and without the, within the next six months. Uh, Atari's recently started a series called Recharged, where they're taking classic IP and recharging it. As far as Web3... Um, where we're leaning and, you know, we're still to that earlier point, you know, deciding what, what our route is, is we're a lot of where we're leaning is looking at working with developers. We have a lot of developers we work with in the sandbox. Obviously we, we work with portals and there's some few unannounced partners that are game development companies as well, um, is, is really looking more at like an incubation model. Um, in addition to producing content where we integrate, um, Web3 communities into the experience. And currently what we've done is, you know, recently with every realm, we've made some games for them that are playable through their experience. They just dropped, you know, their own cyber pods and they have a, a portals experience as well. So we have done games already in the space. Sandbox is coming up. Uh, season three just kicked off. That is in our roadmap. Uh, we do have a special experience kicking off with Sandbox there where we're taking IP and you'll get to, you know, experience that in the Sandbox with some Easter eggs as well. Um, so we're in the space as far as games with future state. What we're looking to do is really, and, and it's such a cliche to say, but really try to bridge that gap of of allow people to play games without realizing it's Web3 um, or making it solely Web3 focused that, that it, you know, scares away our crowd. Uh, anytime you know Atari tweets or, or mentions NFTs and Web three, it's it's a it's a tough sell to some of the fans just because of you know whether it's something they don't understand or they don't have anyone to onboard them. So a lot of our partnerships are focused on onboarding. Right, Unstoppable Domains is helping us with educational content for consumers. They're helping to to lighten the load of creating a wallet and signing into things using their service. Right, so instead of this monotonous task of creating a wallet it's make a handle make a username 
make a gamer tag and then that becomes a wallet you know so there's a lot of things we're trying to do to lighten uh that resistance of people actually enjoying what we make and whatever that may be what is the partnership with with portals can you expand upon that yeah, so portals initially what we built is room 133 i can um, share that link in here uh what we're building for them is it's going back to our story and lore is if you actually go into that portals room, there's a map in there. Um, and I think they tweeted it the other day. I can take a look. That's a real map from the early 80s from Sunnyvale, um, where the Atari headquarters was. And what we did is we start as we started diving in to figure out what's our ethos, what are we doing, is we went into thousands and thousands of archives of old Atari documents. Um, I mean, we found anything you can think of, uh, of from Atari because we we wanted to figure out, you know, Instead of making a fictitious story, let's actually use some inspiration from from its history to fig, you know, make something that's a little more believable. Um, so we found a map, and then within that map, there was an office building that was proposed. Um, and we're we're dropping you in this underground building, and we're pretty much giving you the premise that we were working on technology in an R and D facility underground. And what we've done with portals is build that first chapter. It's the first office you're going in of an engineer that worked for Atari working on classified secret projects and you have to get out of that room and move on to chapter two, which will be this, you know, evolution of an immersible experience uh, in a portals throughout time in this underground uh, Atari light, you know, undisclosed facility. So that's where we're at with them. Now we, we did partner with every realm who has the arcade, in um, portals and did game tournaments and competitions. And we've been looking at how do you really, you know, create a new experience for running gaming competitions like they used to run back in the, the early 80s, uh, where you had, you know, 200 TVs lined up with, you know, Centipede or Crystal Castles, everyone playing that. So we're, we're trying to figure out how to bring that spirit back and how to capture that spirit that existed in arcades and those old gaming tournaments and land parties. Um, and I think portals is a good environment to, to do that in, right? It's, it's smooth, it's clean, it's not hardware heavy. Um, and it, and it's, it doesn't require a wallet to at least get in there and test it out. I love that lore. Like, I love that lore. That's a, all that's the, a- the lore is so, cr- so when you're in that portal space, what's awesome is all the documents you see around the room, they're real. They're from an archive. There's real Atari 2600 game standards in that room. Um, the real schematics of the office is in that room. There's photos of, you know, there's some paying homage to a couple employees that started at Atari. Um, it, 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 this was just such a great experience going back and just learning all of these things, you know, about Atari and what they've done for me has been the funnest part and getting to, to share that back, you know, it's, it's incredible when you look at some of the things they did and, and they, they paved so many roads that they didn't get to drive. Um, and, I, and that's one of the things I say often is Atari paved so many roads that they only drove a couple times before, um, you know, they, they got widened and, taken over how crazy is it to kind of be like at the cutting edge and at the same time at like a in like a retro throwback kind of position because you're like you're you're tapping into like basically all of our collective childhoods right you're like you're 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 really tapping into like our subconscious mind and stuff like that how does it feel to be tapping into that kind of like creative 
well, so to speak. And then at the same time, like be up here, like with projects talking about metaverses and integrating NFTs. Like how does, how does, how does a company like Atari feel about that? And I guess, how do you feel about that personally? Is that, is that like a crazy surreal feeling thinking that you're like making the next generations like our memories? Like how, how does that feel? Yeah. I mean, that's a heck of a question. I mean, personally, it's, it's almost, it allows you to really, not role play, but really get into the, the to the the shoes of the creators from the, the original, like early days of Atari, right? Because you think of what they did, you know, they made console design matter. They were the first to start third party developers, the first to hire a female game developer. They started Easter eggs, combat games, special special bars in combat games, the pause button, <laughs> backwards compatibility. They were the first to use influencers. And like technology marketing. So like looking at all that, the VR headset, all this stuff they did. Um, then you look at today and it's like, we're trying to solve some, like not solve some of these same problems, but utilize some of the same methodologies to, to get to solutions. Um, it's, it's insane, man. Like they game line was early mid eighties where they, they had a cartridge that hooked up to your phone line and you could download games, play multiplayer games. And it didn't work out. And, you know, eight years later, that company became America Online and changed the floppy disk and CD-ROMs. And it's it became the Internet as we knew it. Right. Like it's so just looking back at all that history, it almost allows me to really get in these people's shoes that were I mean, we found video footage of meetings and video footage of like old uh, conference room sessions of them like. Here's notes from the first combat game ever created where guys are just at a table writing down. What if we did this? And you're like reading through these journals and it's like, man, you're really able to tap into where they were. And then you apply that to today. And it's like so many projects, brands and creative, amazing people are trying to solve, not solve these same problems, but innovate the same way that that Atari was working on it back then. And so many companies that came after, right, um, that still are here today innovating. So, like, I think that's probably one of the how does it feel to possibly change the future? I think that's even a good question for everyone in here. We all have that ability, right? They're, like you said earlier, anybody in this room could invent that one tech stack or that one um, social gamification piece of technology or that integrator that or aggregator that takes Twitter, Discord and Telegram and puts it in one app for you right in front of you. And it could be anyone in this room that does one of those things that changes everything as we know it. Um, and and we're just here to either do it ourselves or or build relationships with others that are doing it. You know, I, I think it's naive to think that Atari is going to be able to do all of those things, but we want to help incubate and, and allow others to grow with our help and reciprocate back um, as, as much as possible. So sorry for that long-winded answer. No, man, you're fine. I think that was, I, I think that was the, that was the type of answer that's needed. You're right. We have to build it ourselves. Uh, and as you said before, like Atari drove, Atari drove the roads. They like, I forget how you said it. I'm, I'm totally butchering your phrase. But they rode on roads that they drove very, very rarely on. And we kind of have to pick that up and, and, and move that ball, so to speak, down the field. Like that, I know it sounds silly, but that responsibility of creating something that people want to, you know, immerse themselves in that has that deep lore, 
that has that history, that has that kind of, you know, appeal to it. You got to think in, in, in five, 10, 20 years, will, will generation 1.5, whatever, whatever they decide to be called at that point, will they be like, man, these guys were on it. They were on Twitter spaces, their bags were down. And so they just took to the social media and they hashed out and it was big brains and they were connecting and, you know, technology was exchanged. And then, boy, they started, they seeded the future. Does it, does it kind of feel like that? Does it feel like you guys are kind of like recycling the future or, or taking like a defibrillator to like Atari to say, Hey, listen, things are coming this way. We need to hurry up and convert. Uh, because, because that's, that's kind of how it feels. How do you, how, how, how are the discussions over there? If you don't mind me asking. I think the most valuable thing this company has to offer, because there's, there's the great thing about it is we're able to lean on the, the original Atari staff, right? So being able to have them at our disposal and there's, there's a lot of synergy there and obviously collaboration, communication, it's all one company. Um, in that standpoint is, this company's gone through a lot of the struggles that Web3 is going through now, right? We, we real, and I say we as if I'm 50 plus years old, but I'm not. But they, when they realized, okay, there's no way we're going to be able to develop the demand for the amount of games we need, we need to hire third party developers. I think that's this, one of the struggles right now for these AAAs coming in is they don't, they like full control. They, they they're, you know, they're, that third party standpoint really isn't. So I think to the earlier points I heard about how do we get mass adoption, it's it's I think Atari's in a good position to say, hey, we've we've gone through so many struggles, uh, we've overcome so many hurdles. We're still here after 50 years. Here's how we did it. And now here's an opportunity to apply uh those innovations and what we pioneered to this this new age of, of web three and to blockchain technology. And, and how do you blend Web 2 and Web 3 gamers into experiences that you can't tell if it's either? Um, and, and really ju just be in the conversation for us is, is enough right now, in addition to launching, you know, this access, this Genesis NFT, where we just want people to have fun. We want to build that community up, that component of community and um, allow brand loyalty to show in that way. But from projects and partnering with other projects we really just want to be able to to support other projects and brands um in any way especially those developing games um it's it's a the market's in a weird place right now so for us we just want to come in and at least bring the fun back because i feel like as a consumer even outside of atari it's it it hasn't been that fun lately um as fun as it, it should be or could be and I think that's up to all of us to make it more fun and not focus on the, you know, three, six month plan. But what does this thing look like over the next five, 10 years? 100%. And I'm glad you used the number five because we have a five year plan. Uh, yeah. we, we for sure have like a five year plan. We are trying to hit mass adoption. We want people to be playing Dimension on not only not only like on the iPhone and the Android, but on the Solana mobile and I'm so glad that Chris is up here because he told me something the other day that rings true. I don't need the saga so much as the stack. And so I'm so glad that you said like the five-year plan because we're here for a long time and we, we, we have to think about protecting what this space is creating. And it, 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 I don't know, it's refreshing to hear that you have big name companies like Atari scoping out the space. So, I mean, we're, we're all about partnership. We're all about longevity. We're all about like 
building something of substance. And we're all about community. So, I mean, we would love to talk to you. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody who on this panel who wouldn't want to talk to Atari. Uh, but I mean, let's let's have that conversation, man. It's crazy that it's crazy to think that we've evolved to a point now to where big name companies are scoping out the the, the potential. I mean, we really are having the conversation about the future. Like that's that's where we're at over here. Yeah, and I mean, it's and it's and Atari's in such a. Um special like place with it because it's it's and and i'm taking this from our director i gotta give him this credit tyler um he says it like atari is one of those gaming brands that's like the nirvana t-shirt where you have kids wearing nirvana t-shirts these days they don't even know who nirvana is kirk but it that's sort of what atari is the gaming right kids could be wearing an atari shirt and have no idea what atari is um and 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 that's that's sort of a cool position to be where it's more of like a pop culture like impact uh especially with stranger things recently you know when when that brought back retroism and what was old is new um it it definitely helped you know allow us to really rejuvenate as well can i can i can i just jump on um absolutely i'm um a big fan of atari i'm 40 years old um, I remember the days of plugging in the Atari and blowing in the, the cartridges, smashing them on the ground and trying to get them to work because I was absolutely addicted. Um, my, my childhood has been set um, by Atari and PlayStation and um, Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, and and that's that's what we remember. That's that's why we're actually building this stuff. Um, it's it's because the the childhood that we we have experienced for ourselves, and that's what we want our kids to experience. Um, at the end of the day, I've I've got three kids, three young girls. Uh, they're all getting into gaming. Um, I walked into the school library two months ago and there was a Minecraft and Roblox section actually sectioned out into the library um, and that actually shocked me dramatically because the world crazy. the world it is crazy and it, and it's the the world is embedding um, the gaming into into the kids and it, and it's not about just gaming it's um, I've really looked into the technology now and Australia has um, taken the forefront of adding a lot of technology into the, the learning. Um, so my kids come home now, they log onto the iPad, they have to show their ID, which is a blockchain style of uh, way of doing things. So I don't care if people in web two don't understand what's going on because they're already in web three and they, they, they actually don't know it yet. Um, so we're experiencing it in a, in a life experience that, um, that the kids probably know more than we, we do in the sense of the way they're growing up. Um, and it's, it's just amazing to see actually us guys adapting um, the normal way of life in into Web three, uh, because really the the Web Web three is going to be 
the the next the next way of life, I guess. Um, yeah, and that's amazing. absolutely. Yeah, it, people get forced into it, and that's where gaming is going to ride the wave, right? Like once Netflix and Hulu and subscription services and plated and like all these things where people have like already use that as part of their daily life start forcing people into Web3. That's what happened to gaming before, right? Like 80s gaming was called a fad, you know, 90s. Uh, it was the dot com era. Like so th there's been so many things that I think over time will were bad calls, right? Calling the dot com a, a boom and bust was probably not a a good call. Look at Amazon now, right? There's some people that did survive uh, those times. So for I, I think the thing, the only thing I think the kids are missing is what a lot of us got to experience was the arcade. Like I actually, I'm lucky enough to live by a really good arcade, and you go in there, and it's just hot and sweat. You can smell the sweat and people playing. You know all these sounds, and you're hearing people win. It's that's what how that's what we're trying to capture. How do you bring that back in today's age? Um, and that's really one thing we're trying to solve for. It's a tough thing to solve for. Is how do you, you know, bring that spirit, that that nostalgia, but yet keep it blockchain focused? It's, it's a tough thing to do. I guess let me jump in here quick. So we do want to get to focus five sports here in a second. Two of y'all have your hands up. We'll do that. Then we'll go to Focus Five. We'll close out with Atari first, uh, and then we'll dig. We'll dig into other crazy content. I'm sure Chris has got a ton of thoughts beyond what he's about to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like whoa, Andrew, whoa. I don't but... know where I'm at right now, and I don't know if I'm gonna rug or not because you're France and Missouri, bro. You're gonna go gamble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I have like a pretty important question for Atari, though. Go for it. Okay, so how long have you been planning this mint of the posters? Um, that has been in planning for about three to four months. Myself, I joined the team uh, end of April, early May. Okay, now, and who's your, who's your blockchain advisor? So right now, our development team is Nifty Labs from a blockchain Damn. standpoint. Fuck, man. Well... To me, it doesn't feel like you guys are looking to change the game or put any adoption out there. Staying with ETH feels like a money grab, and it feels like a decision that's been forced upon you by your partners. And it is definitely not the most liquid and lucrative option, and it is definitely not the future of gaming. And Solidity is never going to be able to tie the pieces together. And I'm just curious, with the Portal's relationship, do you have some plan of action to include a Solana Mint at some point? I mean, obviously, we can put APIs from any blockchain into our SDKs. That's not really the issue. But Ethereum is not the way forward, and it is not how you create retail adoption into the gaming meta. We're all here building all of this shit, not on Ethereum. That is not a coincidence. So I'm just really curious about the future plans after the Ethereum mint, because I'm sorry, dude you guys aren't going to be able to bring a composable, affordable experience to retail adopters with profit or monetization points unless you're using a superior programming language and blockchain. It's just unfortunate that that's where we're at with Solidity. Yeah, so that's a great question and great point. So this project is going to live on Ethereum um, as we're building out the ecosystem, which does include a token. Uh, there are various exchanges that 
we're in talks with various to um oh, whoever I, I'm I'm not gonna go into token there, but for us this project's yeah. Ethereum, About but the rest power. of the ecosystem go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. Atari. I'm sorry. Josh, go for it. Are you part of the team? No, but I've been following Atari for the last five, six years. And wow, you severely underestimate the global brand recognition and name that they have. No, no. So he, see, he's not he's not questioning Atari. He's questioning the blockchain, which which look, Ethereum, absolutely, to his point, mass adoption to be able to supply or run a game on layer one Ethereum, you, you're, you know, good luck, right? Like, so I, I absolutely get that. This is a collectible poster. This is living on Ethereum. We have been in talks with, can't, I can't say, but we have been in talks with some Solana marketplace is and some Ethereum marketplaces. But our next project, if we do game passes, if we move into merch passes as that's on um, our roadmap, those are in fact going to be layer two. Um, not everything we're going to do is going to live on Ethereum, if that helps answer that question. Oh, I agree. I, I would love to. I would love to. Got to start from a foundation, but to discredit everything because of that and not realize the potential of where it's building. Come on, I mean. Let me. Uh, can I? If I. If I may, I'd love to be able to ask a question. I don't know if many of you know this or, or, or privy to this knowledge. About eight nine months ago, I minted my Atari NFTs, and they haven't done anything. Atari, for what I understand, has already launched a project on Ethereum with gift shop about eight months ago. I was then drop shipped an Atari Playroom. Um, why would you not build on from the project you already launched? Why launch a brand new project and what makes this one different? So because every that project one, that one that one to me was a bit of a loss. Every, and every I expected project, different partners. Every project to date for Atari has been done through IP or like a licensing deal through a partner, right? So mm -hmm. Atari X is Atari's way of saying we are going to internally control everything we do from here on out in Web3. In our next phase of our roadmap, we do have a way to bring value back to every single partner project that we've had previously. So that mm -hmm. is in the roadmap. That's something that is very important to us to not just brush off those other projects. We're, in fact, ensuring that they get allowed spots for this project, as this is the access pass to the rest of the ecosystem. But you're absolutely right. There has there. In the beginning, before leadership change, there was all kind of projects and deals with Atari that were more on a partnership level, where Atari, yeah, you can use our, our licensing or our name or our brand or our imaging, but there wasn't much control from Atari over the project. So Atari X is that initiative to bring that in-house and hold and maintain that control. And good for you. Good for the corporate answer. I'm just a guy that has been an investor and following Atari for the last five, six years and spread all the news to everyone the best I can. And all I got to say is, despite Fred being gone and whoever is Wade and the changes, you, you, you can't combine everything. So you can't say, oh, well, whatever they were doing with Sandbox is irrelevant and whatever they're doing with the new companies are irrelevant. So, yeah, you got the GFT. Uh, give it a chance. Give it a, let, let, let them. They they're building they're changing from what they were to what they are going to be and uh for you to say oh you know, i bought something six months ago and it hasn't done anything 
to me is just saying I'm only concerned about the money. I'm only concerned about the profit, and that's not what this is all about. I'm telling you. No, I think it's a valid question, though. It's like really, you you're just in this for the money. You're just in this to make a profit. Hold on. Majority of people in NFTs are in it for money, man. You're talking to ninety percent, Josh. Come on, man. Don't be oblivious to that. Like, like respect to what you're saying. They they have an amazing brand, Atari, and yeah, people come into NFTs for you know the. The, all the different reasons, but 90% are, are here to make money. Like, that, that's, you can't shoot someone down for that. You've got to be open minded to uh, understanding everyone's reasons as to why they're in it. And for someone to, uh, uh, like Aaron, to say about six months, six months in Web3 is an eternity. That's like, that's like 10 years. So, you know, well, like, I, mean, I, think, I, think I don't know how old you are, to but to me, if someone expects to go into something as an investor or a buyer, and they haven't actually put forth the work to earn the value increase for them to expect a, a, a massive but value increase in six months. Josh, Josh, there's no need to be condescending and say, I don't know how old you are, buddy. Like, man, I, I you know, I, I, the right, condescending is that all, you interrupt. We're all friends here. We're no, all no, friends. No. I'm just pointing out, man, like, you know, people, people have different okay. viewpoints. Again, the, the, the condescending is the fact that you interrupted me. I don't know why you're laughing. Right, let me step in here, guys. If, if, put, hold on, guys. Chill out. I'll mute everybody. All right. Um, we're going to go over to uh, – this is up here? Yeah, Focus 5 in a, in a second. We'll get to you guys. But I think it's a valid point. Let me say a couple things really quick. I mean, yeah, Aaron, where he's coming from, like, I, I hear him. Like, I had no idea there's another uh, Atari project. Sounds like it was, like, white-labeled, some other company, whatever, used Atari's brand. That was a bad decision. It looks like – Based on what Atari X said, they're trying to right the ship. They're taking control. They're going to try to bring those projects into the fold. I mean, if anything I've learned tonight um, from Atari is that you know it's not perfect. They got the E thing. They got other things. They got big picture. They've got some other shit with their image being used by other company, other projects in the past. But I think you had a great response. Like you're trying to do the best you can, right? You're kind of holding this thing in, bring it back in, make it right. That's fair. I think Aaron or Aaron, like that's a great comment. Josh, I know you're kind of being protective. That's that's totally cool, um, but I think we're in, we're in a good spot, like mentally, the way that. We're, but but going back and forth, this is what discourse is all about. I muted y'all because you're kind of talking over each other, and just be respectful. This is what the space is all about. I haven't had enough beers yet for us to be complete assholes. Maybe that'll happen later if we're still on. But um, all right, I'm gonna unmute it. Let's keep the conversation going. We'll finish out with Atari. We're not gonna cut it off right now, but we will go and, and spend time. Um, with the um, Focus 5 sports guys. And then we'll go and talk about, if you all want, are still awake, I know Andrew's two hours behind me, so he's a lucky son of a bitch. It's 8.45. He's like, oh, I got all night. Uh, we'll, we'll dig into some other content. Chris is here. Chris will talk forever. He's in St. Louis. You know, it's 5 a.m. for Chris. He doesn't care. It's like he'll, he'll go all night. So we're going to have a good time. I'm unmuting. Let's go. I'm not sure who was um, going to speak next, but uh, here we go. Okay. Big Dog had his hand up. Big Dog had his hand up for a while. I was just trying to be polite. I didn't want to interrupt anybody, and you guys are on a roll. First thing I wanted to say, first and foremost, and I will tell you how old I am, because I had an Atari 2600 new. So that'll just tell you something where I've come from and how long I've been in gaming. If anybody in this room has staying power as a company, 
it's Atari. The only the only thing I'm worried about, and it was kind of a very similar point, is when I I've been on your website the whole time, the Atari X website the whole time you've been talking, and I, I, you know seeing the graphics just brings me back to like childhood. The thing that worries me is when I saw the word sandbox, and I thought, oh, he's gonna be on ETH. Gosh darn it! Like, and and the point from that is just from you know the onboarding and the transaction cost. You know, to, you know, given time. And ETH makes its, you know, migration, maybe you'll be all good. That, you know, that's a good thing. You've got staying power. I mean, there's only one other company I know that's got staying power like Atari, and that was Sears. Sears just made a group of bad decisions, which took them out. There are parts of their company that are still going. Allstate, Discover. Those were Sears companies. They had to sell them, but they're still around. So the staying power is legit. Atari's the same thing. They're not going anywhere, regardless of whether the VCS is the number one, you know, uh, console on the market right now, or regardless of, you know, any any other decision that they've made with licensing, they've got staying power. So perhaps this is something that could still have a long future ahead, but I think there's some external forces that have to weigh in on this, like that Ethereum, like migration things like that but just the fact that i'm even talking in a room with somebody that's affiliated with atari that that makes me giddy because i mean i I broke way too many controllers uh, from atari (laughs) in my history of playing games to to really be mostly tied in so that's all i wanted to say congrats on your project and and good luck with you uh, thank you for the kind words man it makes me giddy just talking to people getting so excited about it because I'm the same way myself. Um, and, and the points earlier were valid. Uh, Ethereum absolutely will not be the, the home base of anything we build. Uh, the two chains we're talking to do not start with an E. Um, and luckily, I mean, obviously we're working with portals for a reason. You know, we're launching on ETH, but we're, we're in talks with a few projects and, and brands in, in Solana. Um, I myself as a consumer, I started in Solana. Um, I mean, I think my first mint was a rug pool. I forget the name of it. Iconics or something. They were like little chess pieces and you got some emojis back. That was my first NFT experience. Um, so, yeah, you guys are 100 percent right. Like it definitely is not the solution for a mass adoption product in, in the gaming space at all. Um, but for this poster series, that is where it's going to live. Um, we can't change that. That is, in fact, where this poster series itself is going to live as a collectible. You know, I, just to toss this out there to you, Atari, you know, because it, there's a lot of talk of like utility. What do we get for this? Things like this. It seems like, you know, this would be the perfect type of thing to have like in a gallery. Right. Like if people just wanted to have like an art gallery, or if they just wanted to have like a, a space where, you know, they could just go through. I don't want to say like a museum, right? That makes it sound like dated and super old. But I mean, that's 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 the level at which, at which you guys have, have reached. I don't know about gaming and Ethereum, but uh, it, it seems like you guys could do a lot with just like brand recognition. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I, we can end it on this and I don't want to give out too much, but I'm sure Big Dog, you probably remember these, but like Atari Age. And there was a lot of mag- magazines and subscription services, even just being young, whether it was East Bay where you're getting your clothes or Finger Hut or Sears. Sears is another great example where you were waiting for that magazine to come, right? That Nintendo Power or Atari Age or whatever it was. Um that's sort of something we've been using as inspiration as far as how do we bundle all of these projects that have been out there for Atari. Um, I'm not going to go too in depth on that, but I can promise that 
any project out there that was partnered with Atari and Web3 will in fact have value in the larger ecosystem we're building. Um, I, I can't go into depth on what, but it will involve some technology behind it. So that is something we're, we're very focused on building behind this project. And this project is an access to that and everything beyond that. Um, so that that's really to wrap it up there on what's to come in those other chains, in fact, would not be Ethereum, especially if it's involving games or, or a lot of transactions or some type of gamification or loyalty system. All right, with that, um, let's let's roll over. So final thoughts, Tari, anything else you want to put out there before we go spend some time with Focus 5 Sports? I've been listening all night while I'm out doing yard work. I'm just going to say before I go to bed, anybody that's in this field and realm, just to cash out within four, five, six months to make a profit isn't in it for the right interest. Good night, guys. Okay, man. And can I just... We appreciate you, but, you know, geez. <laughs> Just to wrap us up, Moon, from, from yeah. our end, no, we appreciate the time. Um, if, and if there's questions like that, please pop in the Discord. Again, my name's Scott. We can we can start up a DM. I, these questions are good, right? Putting r- risk on the table up front is, is the best way to build, not only in Web3, but in anything, right? So I, I love those type of conversations. Um, I don't take them personally at all. I, I, in fact, it, they, they help a lot. So please feel free to pop in. You're very melody, very well. And most good projects do, but kudos to you. Cliff, you got a quick question for Atari? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Am I clear? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're good. No, awesome. Awesome. Um, first of all, good night to the room, everybody. Cheddar block, my guy. Um, I I was actually, I actually had an Atari 2600. I actually remember the TV commercial with the little, the little rap song and they were like under 50 bucks you know what i mean so i you know and i grew up and from there i went to the the nintendo entertainment system um with the power pad and then then it was sega genesis and you know the whole 16-bit war then the playstation my, my thing is this um in terms of uh you know like the the, the sort of gaming and interactive space um you know I, I don't know if you were here from the beginning of this space but is Atari, I mean, granted, you guys have been around for 50 years. Um, the longest but the oldest video game system, to my knowledge, or the oldest video game company is actually Nintendo. They've been around since the 1800s, and they were actually a card game. I don't know how many people actually know that. But um, with that being said, um, as we move on to the, we move into this Web3 space, um, in your, uh, you know, just in, in sort of listening to some of the conversation that you had tonight, um, where do you guys see yourself um, 12 months from now, um, in terms of your ability to sort of collaborate with, uh, let's say the likes of like Dimensions or, you know, Cheddar Block or, you know, the Mighty Mighty, uh, Community 3, which is still on my radar to eventually, uh, acquire one. Um, you know, where does Atari sort of fit into this conversation? Because, um, you know, I, I, Moon, like I, I start, like I, Moonrove is my favorite space. Like I, I, this is where I come and I learn and I take notes and, you know, I learned from the goat himself. You know, as far as like just how to how to do these spaces and and, and you know how to ask. Don't do questions. me like that, Cliff. Shit. Nah, like Moon Rover is just that guy. Like that's my guy. But what I'm saying is that um, you know, I, I guess what I'm asking is the, the you know the modus in Solana at this point with the builders, you know, like the Cheddar Blocks, 
um, the community threes, the I'm so's, is to sort of work together, cross collaborate, and and you know by collaboration you strengthen the whole ecosystem. So where does Atari see itself in that conversation twelve months from now? I mean, are you guys sort of coming in as like sort of like that, you know, that 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 lone ranger, you know, that that outlier, you know, based on your brand, your reputation, nah, and your history, that's... or that's a great question, man. I, I like that. That's a really good question. Um, and to be frank, even right now, not even 12 months, we, we're open to talk to anyone. Uh, we're not better than anyone because we work for Atari or because we have that brand, right? Like, technically, the people that run Atari now are like the grandchildren of the founders. I'm not saying I'm related at all, but you know what I mean? It's like a, it's two generations later almost. Um, we're open to have conversations now. Shoot us a DM. We would love to talk and it's all about the relationships, um, whether a true partnership comes out of it or just experience and knowledge transfer, whatever takes place. Uh, DM us. We're, we're open to chat um, and start conversations with anyone. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you could probably expect a DM from me myself because I, I just got a ton of questions and I'm like, a, you know, I'm a video game head. I grew up in I'm an 80s baby. Um, you know, I thought AHA's take on me was like the greatest song of the decade. Um, goosebumps to this day. I love I love the Atari twenty six hundred. Um, I had I had I had the Nintendo with the gyro mic to the power pad to the PlayStation, you know, and, and then you know I'm still PlayStation to this day. Um, so you know I just kind of wanted to know like where does Atari see itself, you know, in this Solana conversation? Because in this bear market, you know these these builders are like grinding and they they collaborating and they're working together. And the thing about the Solana community that I found was different from ETH is that they rally around good ideas. Like, if you've got a good idea, even if you don't have, like, the resource, maybe you might need, like, a crack dev or, like, a rust expert or someone. There's someone somewhere in this ecosystem that can connect you and plug you. So I just kind of wanted to get a sense of, like, where you see yourself sort of fitting into that conversation. You know, are you are you guys looking to come in and collaborate with all these great companies and these builders? Or, you know, that's that's kind of why I asked the question. Yeah, yeah certainly. If it's not collaborate, um at minimum communicate right like connect with each other build see what somebody's working on share what you're working on see if there are synergies um there's so many different ways to build in this space whether it's like actually developing games or building a, a social hack or you know a growth hack right like um it could be i heard guilds mentioned earlier from uh demen a lot so that, that i love hearing that like how do you gamify guilds and it's yeah we're we're open to chat myself um, my team, community team, whether it's from a marketing standpoint, um, we're just open to build. It's it's all about reciprocation in this space, man. You know, doing something from for someone else, and they they return. You know, by doing something for you, obviously it can be more contractual in nature. But um, we're we're open to talk. That's really what got us where we are today, um, and allowed us to then make Atari X to consolidate was. We, we loved partnering. Um, we loved working with other people, but then we realized we had to, we had to control, we had to control it ourselves. So Atari X was formed to, to essentially consolidate all of that. And, and now with an, a, a designated team, we're, we're open to talk. Now we're, we have people on board that can then have these conversations. Um, so shoot a DM to Atari X or feel free to shoot a DM to Scott in the crowd. That's my personal, um, Either is perfect there, or pop in the Discord. Right, Yo, I'll I definitely, definitely you guys. Thank up. you. You can, you can, you guys can take me off the panel and give somebody else a, a chance. But I appreciate you guys giving me a chance to sort of come up here and just 
kind of ask that question because that was sort of the thing mulling around. And, and the guy who's uh, controlling the Atari X account now, um, uh, kudos and hats off to you. I mean, you know, you handled the criticisms, you handled the tough questions. So salute to you for displaying true grace under fire. Um, I think that's the mark of some of the best leaders here in the space. You know, it's not about what happens, but it's always about how you respond. It's always chess over checkers. So salute to you, and, and thanks for having me up, Moon Rover. Appreciate you always. You know that. Yeah, of course, dude. Good to see you. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's, it's about falling in love with the problems, not the solutions, right? And and I think that's the position we're in right now is, is building a team that falls in love with the problems we have, and, and we're going to figure them out and solve them. Um and, and not focusing so much on those. Obviously, you need to focus on the solutions, but no, appreciate appreciate the kind words. No problem. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks Tari. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, we'll keep rolling through. Feel free to ask questions as we kind of dig a little bit deeper here. Thanks to the panel for hanging and spending time with us. Um, all right. Last but not least, as far as projects go, and then we'll go into some of the other content. Um, do you want to get over to Focus 5 Sports? I think this is probably the longest someone's waited, at least on the Lit Late Show, to be able to kind of talk about the project. So super grateful for you guys. Sorry for um, you know making you wait two hours. Thanks for the grace. Uh, it has been two hours, which is insane. So maybe just get, kind of give us a reopen. Some of these folks may have been here, many may not. The room is fluid. So you know who is Focus Five? You know, I guess give us a snapshot, and then let's dig a, a little bit deeper. Um, I've got some notes here on what you guys are all about, but let me kind of just let you tell the story. So over to you guys. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, It's been a couple of hours, but no worries. I just appreciate being on here. But again, so we're really, you know, nothing like all the other projects, but like everyone said, you know, I mean, I got, got into sports betting about 15 years ago, started handicapping about eight years ago. I run and own Focus5Sports.com um, be four years in October. But the reason I got into handicapping was just I'm and well to start winning money in sports, but and the reason well sorry, the reason with the website just to give back to people, you know, so people can start making money. These sports books have millions of dollars and people need to make money. But anyway, I got into web three and like everyone said, I mean, it's just so awesome. Everyone's here to help each other. Everyone is just amazing. And so I provide all my picks for four DAOs, Jelly Esports, Drunken Apes, Secret Space Society, and a couple others. Uh, but I provide five days or five plays a day, top five plays, one through five. And a lot of people have actually made a lot of money um, doing this. So we decided to start our own project. And just bring all these DAOs together and just do a giveaway project. Just something simple, fun for everyone. It's a collection of 888 NFTs. We got 50 gold, 838 silver, platinum. We like to call them platinum. Uh, but if you're a holder, you're in, you're uh, entered into a giveaway of $200 or more, which we will buy NFTs with from from you know holders' opinions. So whatever project they want us to buy we will get it for them so this virtually helps you know the whole ecosystem spending we plan on giving three thousand dollars a month in F nfts away so this is just helping out the ecosystem helping out people you know make major bags and just a fun project like a lot of these projects take a lot of time to build and we're doing stuff daily just having so much fun 
uh, from poker, from games. It's I'm, it's a great time. Like last night, we rumbled for over an hour, gave out, paid out forty wallets last night. There was over seventy plus people in this thing. We have poker with over a hundred members going on. Uh, we've given over sixty soul in three weeks, just giving away, giving away, giving away. And we met September second for one soul for thirty five bucks. I mean, it's a no brainer. But a lot of people, so what our project is, is we're going to make one play or one bet a day on the play of the day from Focus5Sports.com. So we'll use half of our bet funds or half of our net funds to start a betting wallet and make one bet a day. And if the play hits, we do a giveaway. And if the play loses, you know, we move on to the next day. So my play of the day has been 60% plus for the last 17 months. So it's really a no-brainer to do this. So we give 32% to the community or to, you know, to a giveaway. And then 78% or, yeah, 68% goes back into the betting wallet. And that just helps out with the losses that we do have for the month. And, we sh- you know, as long as we go 55%, our betting wallet will stay the same. Every what, what's your hit rate? Like you just mentioned, I'm not, I'm not a big gambler, a sport gambler guy. Uh, so 60, how often are you right? 60% on the play of the day. Okay. It's been 60 plus the sit play of the day. Like, uh, May was 74%. We went 74%. And a lot of people made a lot of money. Will you continue to do your list of one through five for the other, other DAOs? Yep, yep, so I will, yep. But in our DAO Strictly 2, I do a lot of uh, different plays. We'll do live bets. And then, like you were asking earlier, do you do write-ups? I do, like, there are some plays, you know, once a week, once every two weeks that are pretty much guaranteed. And so I'll do a write-up on that play just for reassurance for everybody. And the last three... Don't do a write-up. Do, like, guarantee, guys. Here it is. <laughs> I don't even. It's, it's always, you know, it's sports gambling, so it's not guaranteed. I don't even like to use that word. Uh, or a lock. A lot of people will say a lock. But the last three that I have done in the past uh, six days, they all three did hit. How do you know uh, it's a lock? Like, what's, what, 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 what's the giveaway? It, it's just a lot of handicapping, you know, do, do, digging in, doing a lot of stats. I do have an algorithm I run that I had someone build for me. So that helps out a lot. And then it's just digging, digging deep into these stats, you know, and figuring out who's going to figuring out who's hot, who's not. It's, you know, it's a lot of work, but I put a lot of work into it. I love it. It's a passion of mine. You know, I've been in sports since I was a little kid. And I mean, I love it. I've been doing this 15 years or I've been doing this at least or the sports handicapping eight years straight. And haven't t- or I've taken maybe two days off in eight years, staying up till two in the morning, waking up at six in the morning, just grinding, making plays for everyone, trying to make as much money as I can for everyone. I got questions, but Andy, Andrew, what do you got? Yeah, this is uh, one of those situations I find myself in all the time. But I'm gonna say anyway. I don't want to you know dog on someone here, but uh, from a mathematical standpoint, if you can call play at play of the day 60% of the time uh, you're in the wrong business. You need to stop their NFT project, leave this conversation here 
and go just make billions and billions and billions of dollars and bankrupt the entire world because 60% against the market is a crushing, crushing victory. I mean, I spent years as a professional, uh, professional gambler. Like that is an astounding rate that would immediately crush all sports book out there. So, I mean, yeah, you, you might have great predictions, but like those, those numbers. Wait, are... wait, 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 hold on. Andrew, you are a professional gambler now. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know this? Yeah. Yeah. I was a professional gambler for four and a half years. What were you doing? Poker or something? So I started out doing card counting when I was young. And then when I was uh, older, I went and did uh, poker. And then poker was so stressful that I also actually went and started doing uh, sports betting. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I've made 100,000%, uh, literally 100,000% on my sports betting over 40,000 bets, <laughs> trying to beat the line by percentage points uh and just lived in the math of you know one specific betting type for a long time but I, but as a broad mathematical concept like the statement of our our bet of the day is going to beat 60 percent is like that's i, I just can't sit and, and sit by that that's that's farcical that's that is literally a hit rate that would bankrupt vegas no so you're exactly right you're 100 percent right bro and uh that's why i love doing this project because i'm just a degen ass bet, bet gambler Plus, when I give out five plays, I bet on all five plays, and I'm doing live bets, trying to catch, you know, the end of the day bets and doing all this, and that's why I'm so stoked to do this project because, well, I'm a state or I'm a dad. I work my ass off, so I don't have this tons of money to bet, you know, all the time, and that's what makes us so amazing is we're gonna stick to that one bet, one bet a day at sixty percent, like you're talking about. And we're going to start making tons of Buku books. Well, he, I think he's challenging, though. He's saying, yeah, like, yeah. I, honestly, I, I just, I, I hit, you're about a thousand miles away from convincing me that you've got an algorithm that is 60% likely to call a bet of the day. It's really easy to design an algorithm going backwards in the past and say, hey, by the way, looking backwards, this has this degree of hit rate. It's also really easy to end up having, you know, three hits in a row. But, but making the statement of, Hey, our bet of the day is going to hit sixty percent uh, of the time. Is like ludicrous. It's actually it's world breaking. Ten percent over market is like so immense. We're talking about what you're saying would, would break the entire gambling industry. And yeah, so being honest, I was like not being a gambling sports guy. I was thinking I wanted seventy. I'm so like, listen to this. So, we, so since we've been hitting serious. the play of the day so much <laughs> when I first started in, I uh, started at secret space society and we started a challenge 10 to a thousand bucks and you got to hit the play of the day seven days in a row. So you take 10 bucks, you win, you make 17 with the odds, you know, you make the next bet. And a lot of them, I have plus odds in there and you hit it seven days in a row off of that $10. You're walking away with a thousand bucks. We did that twice in three weeks. Yeah, what what are you doing wasting your time here talking to us? Uh, <laughs> like like what, what what you're describing is not <laughs> some small ticket thing. I, I'm highly aware of, of the mathematics for this. So, uh, by the way, if you didn't know, there there's a betting site where you can actually have uh, a one percent juice. So, and actually a one percent juice when you win. Uh, so really, it's a half percent juice or it's a 06 percent juice if you're really batting at at uh, at sixty percent. So yeah, go go make your billion dollars. And come back and thank me when I told you to abandon your NFT project and stop your day job and take out all your funds and 
just do your algorithm at 60% and come back to me in a month when you're a billionaire. You're going to fund me, bro? I don't, I don't even have $1,000 to gamble. You, you fund me and we'll, we'll split it. Well, here's the thing. Hold on a second. I'm kind of excited here. I'm like, I got to get in on this, this sports betting thing, I guess. But here's the deal. If you don't have a thousand bucks to spend, what have you been doing? Mm-hmm. I'm not, no, not trying to be offensive, but it's like you're coming, you're doing this project. You don't have a thousand dollars to spend. Like, why not? He got kids, bro. <laughs> well, the, well, I, 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 oh, I, no. I, I've I, given, oh, dude. In this project I, alone, I've already given over 65 soul in two weeks out of my own pocket just for giveaways, just for having fun in the Dow. I mean, just, I mean, I got money. So, I don't. I don't know. I don't, so I don't so bet I just, thousands uh, I, of dollars a game. I'm just, you know, I don't. I don't do that myself. Andrew, I, just write his calls for the next week today. and see how it like turns today, out for you. <laughs> like today, like today, I put yeah. 250 bucks on the Cardinals. Like that's the most I'm gonna bet at a time. I, I, I have a family to feed. I can't just lose 1,500 bucks, 2,000 dollars a game. You know. But the point is, though, I think what Andrew's saying, and just kind of being fair here, is like. If you got sixty percent hit on this play of the day, you shouldn't worry about the two fifty loss or the two thousand dollar loss because you're gonna win out anyway. You should be worth. Okay, so say I start out with a two thousand dollar bet, I lose that. I lose that day. You're gonna have losses, you know. So say I lose that day, I don't. Well, you have... started small. You build it up, and like just like with NFTs, right? You don't like just yeah. start, just go and buy D gods right now. Yeah. You want to go from like, you know. 400 sold to 4 million quickly you can't just go buy a d gods it's not going to happen right you go small and you you stack up wins exactly you exactly. probably need uh for a 60 percent win rate i think you probably need about 300 bets worth to be one to be close to 100 percent safe so there's a bankroll percentage you should never wager more than a certain percentage of your bankroll on any given wager to distribute your uh, your risk on odds. So it does mean that if you want to be completely safe and like have no sort of risk or variation, you want 300 times the size of what you're going to make on one bet. This is why back when I was doing, uh, when I was doing the, this side of the pro gambling, you know, I would make a thousand different bets in the course of a week to distribute that over all of the different winning angles uh, to create like both the maximum action, but also the maximum distribution. Uh, so you do have that challenge. If you only have singular event per day, you should only be betting one three hundredth of your bankroll. I think that's the number. It might be one in two hundred. Uh, uh, I think it's percent. like one in two forty. So you're like you're I, you're right though. It's it's insane. And uh, however, this actually does exist in leverage trading of like uh, risk on assets, particularly Bitcoin, because I have a hit rate of around 68%. Oh, my God. Where's this NFT? Let's go. But here's the thing. No, 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 no. But here's the thing about that. Because it's a probability of direction. Sometimes you don't take the trade because the uncertainty or certain nuances even though you know the probability of the downside move and it plays out right in front of you, sometimes you actually wait for the safer move, which might be a bounce at support where you can have a lower, um, a, like you can have a lower risk tolerance with a higher risk to reward basically because you've allowed the move to play out instead of just like trying to catch it after confirmation. And even in leverage trading with this high of probabilities, 
the amount of technical analysis and like he said regression testing that goes into this still leaves a a, a level of error because of the psychology of the human being that's making a decision or because of the market manipulation that's trying to force an algorithm to make a decision. And if the algorithm gets tricked, but the human doesn't, the algorithm still put in enough price action to change the result for the human. So like the only time I've ever seen anyone have a hit rate of 60% or greater is literally in the cryptocurrency market leverage trading. And it is a small group of people like, five percent or eight percent of other people that i know of that probably have a similar hit rate now with the 5149 as long as you calculate your risk to reward you can actually still be fine overall uh inside of this market and like you can even lose seven out of ten trades if you follow a certain subset of rules but all of that is based on risk to reward and analysis that give you statistical probabilities based on price action that is reliable because algorithms make up most of the market. I cannot imagine. I used to work at Ameristar for a couple of years as a table games dealer. I cannot fucking imagine. I mean, look at how much money the casino makes having a 1.5% advantage over you and fucking, <laughs> dude, in fucking blackjack. Look how much money they make. Andrew, I'm going to have to side with you on this one. I need to see this because this sounds completely fucking insane to me. I want to see it, though. I'm not doubting. Look, dude, miracles happen every fucking day. So uh, show me this thing. So this this is where you and I step in in different directions. So first of all, completely agree with you. This is all the same conversation. This is actually the same conversation as NFT flipping, as cryptocurrency, as liquidity, as all of these things are the same risk to reward conversation. Uh and, and yeah, there, there's also another factor in the thing that you're describing in that there's black swan events in crypto. That 100%. 100%. Wipe you out. That's and that why you got to just be careful. Yeah, yeah. So the black swan can wipe out a ton of rewards. And that's, that black swan doesn't really happen in kind of like gambling, right? Because all you can do is lose your one. But you can't, can't short lose. gambling, right? And so that's where yeah. the like statistical – so this is why it only works in leverage trading. Like even options are really fucking hard to hit that high of a percent rate, which is still crazy. Like 55% in options is really good. Uh, it's like kind of the rules of Texas Hold'em. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. But this is why poker players wind up being decent leverage traders because they understand when to fold them and when to hold them, right? <laughs> and that was my luck is that at 21 years old, it turns out I was a lucky – I was lucky at cards. And, uh, you know, it taught me a lot of lessons. And so, when I brought that into trading, it was interesting. But I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one, dude. Like, I'm really fucking good at TA. And I still don't – I don't always play out every fucking trade, and especially 60% of the time. Like, maybe I do actually probably greater than 60% of the time. But at the same rate, I don't take every trade. D regardless of the statistical probability, I still don't take every trade because I'm not confident in every trade. So, like, how the fuck could you with a gambling game? Like, what if someone breaks their leg, right, in, like, a in like a football game or something like that? Or, like, in a fight, like, when Anderson Silva kicked fucking homeboy Shin and his leg fucking snapped. Like, you can't, you know, I don't so, know. Uh, so, in NFL betting, I had a weekend where I cleared about 70% based on sort of, like, a black swan event that I had predicted. But it was, like, 70%. And I leveraged that 70% to 2.5x my entire bankroll. Uh, and I, and I could have done better if I had actually trusted myself more that this black swan event was happening. Now I'll tell you this, you go and you follow his bets of the day and come back to me in a year 
when you are 100% convinced that he's pulling a 60%, uh, I will bet you a thousand dollars that is bullshit <laughs> because I have seen this kind of thing a hundred times and a hundred times it's been bullshit. This is bullshit. There's no chance. There's no <laughs> way some human being has a 60% advantage over all the sports books out there. I've spent years of my life doing this. Dog, go to Vegas, right, Andrew? Just be like, just run the it, it's, it's, it's a huckster show. I, I will bet you, you go, you go check it out because you're a believer. This sounds like a nice guy, and I, I don't think he, he knows he's No, I want to but... be a believer, Andrew. That's why I'm going to go check it out. Because yeah. I no, and I knew – I mean, I listen to Moon Roving all the time. I know how hard you guys are. I knew all this shit was coming. And, yeah, get your asses in here and let's go. I mean, I wish no, I had a couple no, guys no, on Nobody here. should. Everybody should I have one guy. Hold on. Let me talk, let, man. Let, <laughs> I, that's, I'm so good. Check it out. <laughs> have him come back and report. This is bullshit. No one check it out. It's not true. It's bullshit. All right, all right. That's why I've been doing this for eight months, and I have. That's why we have firm believers over there. And all right, I mean, we're at fifty-eight percent right now on the play of the day this month. With what? There's like five, six days left in the month. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem knowing we're getting over sixty this month again. All right, so changing the topic here, you know, it's interesting. But what? So where do you gamble? Like. Is there a certain site, Bodog? Like, where is this being done? Yeah, at? well, so personally, I, I go on uh, DraftKings. I'm in a legal state. Plus, I use uh, Soul Casino. It's a uh, Web3. Um, that's another good thing is there's so many gambling sites coming out, and I, there's so many people gambling following my plays. So we're going to work out some deal where the, all these holders are getting nice refunds for gambling because there's going to be a bunch of sites wanting all these players coming to their site. And the good thing about on Soul Casino is, you know, after the play of the day hits or it doesn't hit or play, it hits, withdraw the funds right there. It turns into Soul. We buy the NFT and boom, you know, it's theirs. So, and you just like do what Cheddar Black Games is doing and like all this money we make, just have me go retweet something and like send me 100 bucks. Well, that's not what they're doing. They actually <laughs> yeah, I got mint September 2nd. Maybe but... you can mint, yeah, mint something or, yeah, tweet something for me on the 1st. I definitely got you, bro. No, no, what, what I, I guess what I was saying is, like, if you're making all this money, gambling, giving back to holders, instead of doing, like, another giveaway, like, hopefully you, you win a lottery, lottery or the raffle. Like, maybe if, if we start bankrolling, like, every holder gets X percent, right? But in order to get it, you got to go do something like as if you're doing a job, right? Retweeting, get your brand out there. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yep. Well, I mean, that's why I'm doing it too, is to get some funds to get my web two side of things. You know, we're going to do a bunch of advertising and get it out there. And I've, I mean, I have one guy already that quit his job. Now he can go back to school. He's paid his $30,000 in debt off. Now he can watch his kids so he doesn't pay for daycare. Like, I mean, I've done amazing things for a lot of amazing people. And I don't know. Don't believe me, Andrew. It's all good. But I'm going to do what I do. And I got a lot of firm believers. And hop on in the Discord and come check it the fuck out. We know where Andrew sits. So don't ask him to chime in. I'm intrigued, you know. I'm interested. I'll check it out. Um, any other, uh, so anything else we're missing focus five sports that we haven't hit on the project? Oh, <laughs> no. Um, 
Yeah. No, What's the supply? Can you tell us that? I'm sorry. What's the supply? It's there's 888 of them. Okay, so, one September second. Yep, one sold September second. And you got your own uh, website for missing. Yep. yep. Uh, my brother's actually a good friend with a developer, so he's doing a lot of stuff. He's doing all that for us, and you know, we we got some plans in the future too for so. It's gonna be fun. As far as the play of the day goes, the access to that is that one of the five that's like put out to everybody else, or is that something separate? No. So right now we're giving it away to everyone for in the DAO. Everyone gets it. So and then, but after mint, that will be exclusively to holders. The top all five plays will. Oh really? Oh, I'm okay. Well, so you're gonna. So I asked you. I asked you earlier. So the top five plays will no longer be broadcasted to the other DAOs, correct? Yes, they will. They will be still. Yep. So those DAO, all those DAOs I named, we're, one, we're in one soul mint. All those other DAOs are over one soul. So, I mean, if you want the picks anyways, you're going to come by our NFTs. Right. Unless I already have their NFTs. Gotcha. Um, okay. Got it. And where are you guys based out of focus? I'm in Colorado in the United States. Okay, cool. Yeah, they just stayed at the Sheridan on 16th Street where everyone's shooting on the, on the street. I'm sorry. I'm in Denver all the time, usually staying at the Sheridan where people are just like, you know, pummeling each other on the 16th Street. Yes, yeah, 16th Street crazy. You think you have DGENs here? <laughs> Lots of DGENs there. <laughs> <laughs> But Andy's near San Fran. He knows what he, he knows what DJs is all about over there in San Francisco, baby. But you're Oakland, Oakland. I'm uh, I'm technically in Alamo, and I, am I allowed to speak again? I know I I was a little too harsh. Oh, Feel no. free to mute me at you're some always point. Always allowed to speak. Too much, too I just said like you. He came back at you, and I knew, we knew what your answer was going to be, so I just stopped you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. My answer is just the same. Uh, you know what? I also I will never mind if you just mute me. It's fine. If you're like, Andrew is being a jerk. I'm just going to shut him up. <laughs> Don't pick on my guest. <laughs> oh, you're good, man. This is, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, no, you're good. Like, I don't, no I, one knows. This is feelings, bro. my first show. I honestly knew it was all coming. No hard feelings. We believe in you, Focus 5 Sports. Let's go make a bill. Let's do it. And by bill, I mean billion. Um, okay, cool. Well, so hey, you, hey, uh, you want to make a side bet? Yeah. Who me or I, I will bet you. Me or, who are you talking? <laughs> I'll, me I'll bet you a thousand dollars. You and I can take it offline, and I'll bet you a thousand dollars around some criteria. And and uh, are you talking to me or Focus right now? I'm talking to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to Focus. He's. I mean, he's a believer. I, I actually. <laughs> I, I, he he believes in what he's doing. He's put a lot of time and effort into it. He believes it, and I and I appreciate that. I appreciate believers. I'm just saying, if you want to bet a thousand dollars, offer the same thing to I'm so we can pull up a chat, and I'll bet you guys a thousand dollars that mathematics don't pull out ten percent in one direction well oh i'll gamble you're right but uh, i'll also uh just look you don't have to actually put money in. i just want to like there's just no i agree with you like it just seems unbelievable so i need to see it i guess and then <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like a, a santa claus situation we've got here it's gonna yeah. look. It's gonna look like what he's saying. Like I, I don't. I don't think he's saying anything untrue. You're gonna go. You're gonna look, and it's gonna look exactly like what he's saying. But the fact that it looks like what he's saying doesn't mean it is what he's saying. 
Well, so. well, no, I mean, like, you know, he's been on a hot streak. So it's kind of like, you know, pools. Stick in your pools. Gets a home run once in a while. Bro, stop. Dude's like 48 <laughs> years old or something. He's like 50 fucking years old. Like, give him a break, bro. He's got a crush now. He walks out there. They got a little scooter. <laughs> Drop off at home plate with his bat. His merch sells out like crazy, though. So, like, that's probably why they keep him on the team. Like, as long as he can catch a ball, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. they're going to keep pools on that. Third, can you lift your arm up? sell those jerseys, bro. They got to fund that stadium downtown. Hey, by the way, guys, um, have you all ever tried this Boyne's Transformer? On these on these spaces, like does this thing actually work? Okay, I'm trying it right now. How's this sound? All right, here's another voice. Does this sound cool or what? Sounds like you're in an echo chamber. It, it, it sounds cool, but we can still recognize your voice. Now you're the guy that kidnapped my wife and wants uh, a 60% cut <laughs> to get her back. <laughs> Who would use these voice transformers? It's ridiculous. Okay. With that, um, my, my, my Twitter's, I can't get this fucking transformer thing off here. I'm a boomer. Get down here. No, um, still up. How do I get out of this thing? Boom! All right, we're back. All right, thank you so much. And you know what? Focus Five Sports ran, rolled, you know, jumped, dodged with the punches. I I kind of believe it. You know, I'm a sucker. I'm like, hey, I think I'm so serious. Like, you know, there's possibilities. Things can be done. Maybe he's got this special sauce, right? So. People create things that weren't possible yesterday. Today, so we'll see what happens. I'll yeah, like anomalies exist in life, right? In nature and shit. But if it does occur, then it's only going to be short-lived. So you have to take extreme advantage of that anomaly in like the interim. So, the, but the probabilities are, I mean, astronomically low, as Andrew explained. So yeah, we'll see. Um, is it about over moon roving or are we giving everybody one more minute or what are we doing here? Oh no, we're good. We hit all the projects. Uh, unless, well, we got to talk to Cheddar and Andrew, but we were just talking shit all the first 45 minutes. So I'm not ending the show. I'm ready to hang out. What do you guys want to talk about? Yeah. Hey, real quick though. I mean, even if you yeah. don't guys don't believe in the picks, still get in the Dow where we have poker twice a day. We have game nights going on constantly. You want to win money. You want to win soul. You want to win prizes. Where are you playing so, poker? Like, is it a third party or what is uh, it? I mean, it's we usually play on Soul City. We actually have a big one oh, coming okay. to Soul City, but a lot of people like the convenience of poker now, so we do a lot on poker now as well. Hey, you should connect with uh, the sports club. Uh, the sports club, uh, they have their own prediction gambling technology they're deploying, but they're also aiming to be a aggregator of sports news which includes things like hey this person won this poker tournament this person won this esports game uh so they're looking to kind of curate the news around all the various things that are happening and if you're doing a lot of different events the sports club uh i can also connect you guys together but you should connect with them because i'm sure they would uh love to be able to report on on anything you have going on yeah thank you i definitely 
All right, before we get into the, the nitty-gritty now, Cliff, what do you got for us? Is it sports betting-related? Cliff fell asleep. All right, markets. Chris, what are we looking at markets right now? Um, actually, the question is, is it's for Focus 5. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, rock and roll. You guys can't hear me? Yep. Hello? Cliff? Can you hear us? Can you Hello? hear me? <laughs> Cliff, I hear you, man. Are we good? Yo, man, I can't hear you anymore. Did you rock, bro? I'm here. Can you all hear me? Yeah, yeah. Man, you, still hear you. you guys are good. I you can hear you, me. yeah. So, so my question Cliff here is this, right? Um... Am I uh, focus, with such a small, small collection, is this um, like a whitelist only mint? Are you guys over allocated? Um, what are the opportunities for people who are just finding out about the project? Yeah, so actually, we uh, white or it's OG, OG mints, uh, one soul, and they have they can mint up to three each. So it is over allocated because there's 410 right now. But if you guys go in, uh, you know, say you came from Spaces, I will give all you guys, we'll get you guys all OG, submit your wallet because wallet submission closes tomorrow and get in there. Fired up, bro. All right, guys. Can y'all hear me? I'm doing the transformer here. What's up, honey? Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, can you give us an update on the markets, bro? What's up? Uh, yeah, 15, no, 30 minutes. Jesus fucking Christ, Moon. Yeah, 34 minutes ago, you basically... Yeah, how are you looking? How are you looking, baby? Can you fucking hear me or what? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> okay, okay. You're fucking insane, dude. I don't know why this is loading like shit. Probably because I'm in bumfuck, whatever. But uh, basically, we're back above the... God, you guys don't know enough for me to really say a lot. Basically, we're back above the... Oh, thanks a lot, Chris. We just got called dumbasses. (laughs) We basically confirmed uh, seller exhaustion, it looks like. The only thing that has me super... Wait, wait, wait. Seller exhaustion? What does that mean? Uh, it it means that it looks like sellers are running out of Bitcoin to sell. And if that is the case, it's very concerning because Ethereum is very, very uh, strong against Bitcoin right now. Wait, concerning? Be- what do you mean? What does that mean? Well, a lot of times when one side of the market is overbought, you'll see uh, volatility incur, and it doesn't Overbought, like simplify it. You're going to have to fucking stop what you're doing right now. <laughs> Literally. Hey, you call this out No, the, even the voice no, 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 It sounds like absolute shit. What? Yeah, uh, your voice at <laughs> or whatever the fuck you're doing right now, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this shit. It's, it's the ultimate comedic breakup of uh, oh hardcore God. science, but I'm actually super interested in hearing what you have to say, but I'm also being greatly entertained by, by Moon here. <laughs> It is pretty funny. <laughs> oh shit, guys! Can you hear me? I had no Dark idea. It is. I had no idea the film well, was on. I had no idea. I swear to God, I was just talking. I was giving you shit because you're calling us out, and 
<laughs> okay, well, do any of you that aren't my everyday followers know what the 21 EMA on the four hour is? Because I feel like you probably oh, do not. I do, but what voice did y'all hear me? What was I speaking like? <laughs> Super like deep. Darth Vader, bro. <laughs> like the nutty professor. Oh, like shit. when someone kidnaps someone's child and <laughs> calls them for ransom. The transformer works. It works. I, just... I, I, I for one, am uh, tormented if I have a chance to learn something and I can't learn. So I'd love to hear the rest of what I'm so is yeah, to say. Yeah, I'm done talking. Okay, so the thing that concerns me the most is that Ethereum is very strong against Bitcoin right now. And usually, well, it's probably by the rumor, sell the news, right? Because you have the merger coming in September. But I mean, it is abnormally bullish against Bitcoin. And the last time Bitcoin pulled back from the highs, which was, you know, last week, uh, dominance didn't rise the way it normally would. And ETH still consolidated, which makes me feel like it's a liquidity trap. And if people are selfish with their Ethereum, you won't be able to basically steal their money as a market maker, you'll have to force their hand. And right now, that might mean you have to drive Bitcoin down in price action. But there's not a lot of liquidity in Bitcoin, which implies you don't have a lot of sellers, which means you probably have to manipulate the books. And on low volume, you probably have to pull out your orders. Or you pump Bitcoin just enough to convince the arbitrage bots to start flipping their ETH into Bitcoin, you hit your upside resistance target, some around 22.6 or 22.8, and then you get enough of a market sell-off that the people holding Ethereum, looking at it from a US dollar perspective, feel confident while it tanks its Satoshi value as Bitcoin starts to fall as well. And then the next thing they know, they're like, wait, what the fuck? I've lost more in ETH than Bitcoin lost um now from that point we can bounce does that happen somewhere around here or does it happen closer to 19.8 well it looks like it's going to happen somewhere around here because that ema uh the very important one and we have captured it to continuous candles after putting in a higher low for the day so this implies that you'll retest your top side resistance again that's about 22.4 give or take maybe 50 bucks at this point uh, anything above there is just a straight drive to resistance, and you guys should know those targets. It's 23.3. Now, with today being Thursday and tomorrow being Friday and CME's daily close happens tomorrow, right, because they're not open on the weekends, it's very interesting because their weekly target is actually up around there also. And you do have uh, funding rates negative, which implies you have a lot more leverage shorts in the market. So it's peculiar. ETH is very bullish against Bitcoin. Bitcoin looks weak, yet you don't have a lot of sell volume and you have over leveraged shorts. So I actually think a retest of the top side resistance is probably in order. And then from there, if you catch the rejection, it happens over the weekend and you'll know what kind of clusterfuck you're in at that point. Like from here, I'm still fairly bullish and, um, ETH to BTC is the most liquid altcoin, so it would have to be the one that bled into Bitcoin for the dominance to rise, which probably means things like Chainlink and Solana and a handful of others are probably at their Satoshi lows. So therefore, you know, you might see an 8%, like let's say Bitcoin does go up 10%. 
you'll see Solana probably go up 10 or 12%, a couple other ones, 10 or 12%. But Ethereum, giving up some of its liquidity against Bitcoin, probably only goes up about 8%. And that would be on par because literally it has been outpacing this market for like way too fucking long. It's overvalued. But when something's overvalued and they rotate, there's usually a lot of volatility. So this is the only thing that worries me about Bitcoin potentially going down. If it does go down, I'm certain that it is going to bounce just because there's not enough liquidity here. But also bots do, I mean, they're not worried about me and you. We're not the target. They're playing against each other's algorithms. So I think we go up from here. But if you do go back below 21.2 on any of these four-hour closes, you've basically, you've basically rejected the moving average. And there's no algorithm that's going to be like, oh, this is bullish. And that's how you get price to basically be driven to the downside. And that's where the old, you know, wool over their eyes takes place. And, and what I mean by that is when ETH to BTC flips, dude, people don't see it coming ever because when they open their Coinbase app, all they see is ETH to USD. And if they see Bitcoin struggling or maybe going down in price action, they don't just automatically do the math in their mind and realize that like ETH is losing a greater percentage than Bitcoin is. It's not usually until a couple days later when there's a bounce and Bitcoin starts to try to maybe come up another thousand or $2,000 and people are like, wait a minute, why isn't Ethereum at 1800? Like Bitcoin's at 23,500 and ETH's only at like $1,715. The last time it was at like 1806 what happened but you know that's it is what it is i'd say in about 15 hours you'll have an answer and whatever happens tomorrow the weekend will go opposite i'm pretty sure hold on a second chris what about jp morgan yeah he's an eth whale man so but again like think about all the exit liquidity he has in front of him because you do have all this bullish narrative around the merger and like JP Morgan, they, I mean, they've done a lot in this space, like corruptly, you know, back in 2017, but pretty transparently now. And a lot of stuff that they own points toward Ethereum nodes, right? And AWS space and stuff like that. So my thought process is, yes, you probably do have a lot of large investors that have been buying ETH with USD. This is probably why the bots have arbitraged Bitcoin against ETH to BTC and ran up the valuation. Uh, but you have to understand it is overvalued as fuck. So you're going to have to rotate that liquidity back into Bitcoin or the entire market falls apart. Well, I mean, guess what? When liquidity goes back into Bitcoin, that doesn't always mean to the upside. Sometimes it does mean to the downside. And when it happens to the downside, it's literally a liquidity drive. Basically, every person they convinced to buy ETH, you know, between 1600 and 1800 well, now it's time to convince you to sell it at 1400 <laughs> You know, like that kind of thing. Well, I can safely say that uh, my knowledge of currency trading has increased by 10% from... Next to zero to something. <laughs> but I appreciate that. So, Solana, what, what are we thinking here? Can we expect like a can we expect like a dip after this weekend, Chris? 
because a lot of people have been saying actually like, i would i mean here's the thing dude if we just kind of consolidate here which i don't expect i mean volatility is really fucking low that's something i didn't go into but like volatility is near a zero read on the four hour and it's coincidental that you have lower value yet you're maintaining over the ema why do emas matter because the ones that we use correspond to well-known fibonacci targets on whatever time frame you're looking at well, on the four hour, the trend can change fairly consistently over a couple of days of time. So instead of drawing new fibs and like mapping out the retracement, which is not efficient, you can just use a handful of EMAs to look at the different targets and they correspond to the 236 and the 382 and the 618s. And, you know, basically, and then you double up and you go to 1618, you know, there's the 786, right? So basically, whenever you play off these EMAs, you can kind of get a sense for what the bots are doing because algorithms basically have to use a certain set of math parameters to trade. So like essentially, you know, Bollinger Bands, uh, with percentile for or historical volatility. That's how you know, that's how you can time a move. And then with the Fibonacci areas, this is where you find your major selling and buying zones for bots because they're playing ranges usually, they're scalping in grids. And then you also have momentum indicators that tell you things about buyer uh, buy action and basically about um, momentum targets based on candle closes. So when you look at momentum and you combine that with volatility and you line it up with specific EMAs, you basically know how a bot, well, most bots. There are some quant firms out there with some more advanced algorithms. They're fucking might as well be humans, you know? So like, fuck it. You just have to realize those things are preying on the worst traders and the over-leveraged traders, and they're looking to stop you out of your position and create emotional distress for you. So, like, Hey, can I, can, I, uh, can I jump in here for a second? Yeah. There's a very specific thing you just mentioned that I'd love to kind of chime in. It's an overall philosophy in both currency trading as well as in NFT trading. Uh, the way that I often talk about it internally in our company with our CEO is it's like rings of a tree. Uh, there are people who are at the very center of the tree in terms of the ability to actually go and move a market and, you know, spend millions of dollars and, 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 al and the right algorithm at the exact right time. And they can literally move the market and they have control and they actually always win. Uh, the same thing is actually true in the NFT market. If you're HGE, you're at the very center of the tree. You have kind of all of the knowledge. You have all of the power. You have all of the resources. You move everything. And then you go further and further out in rings of the tree. And so the center of the tree is somebody like HGE. And the next layer of the tree is someone like Chris here, who has a lot of knowledge and insight, and he's ahead of everybody outside of the tree. And the only way that Chris loses is if someone who's at a deeper ring. And as you go further and further out in the tree, it's not that people are like suckers, but they have less and less information. They're less insiders, they're less equipped, they have less tools. And so as you go further and further out in the tree, whether you're an NFT trader or a currency trader, you're more and more likely to be someone who money is taken away from. Uh, and there are most people living far out in the tree, losing money without realizing it because they don't have the insider information, the right knowledge, the right amount of money to leverage, the right tools or technology, whatever it is bringing them closer to the center of the tree. So when I'm hearing you talking here, yeah, I'm, I'm literally hearing someone like, you know what, you're closer to the middle of the tree. You're not at the middle of the tree. Uh, you're not all no, the way I don't have right. the bags. I don't have the bags to be the middle of the tree. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? Exactly. I mean, it's still yeah. a pretty liquid asset. And But here's why actually Bitcoin leverage trading is 
is actually manageable because it's liquid enough, but it's also volatile enough that you can surmise based on a set of metrics, what would be the path of least resistance and what would be the major direction to drive the most liquidity. And since you understand that the persons in the middle persons in the middle of the tree are driving liquidity from the inside out to produce the most liquidations and funding. And they're basically getting to do this for free as market makers on major exchanges with bags that can't be liquidated. Then you have to approach trading from that perspective. And the reason why I have a higher success rate, even though it's still mathematically improbable that that guy's is, 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 is insane as he said it was because my psychological nuances sometimes prevent me from making a trade because even though I can see the probability in front of me, I still don't want to lean on that probability when I know there is a more, a more stable one, slightly lower. And I also know that if the probability plays out, so like, let's say I see a confirmation to the downside, but I don't open the short. Well, there's two reasons because I know where the overall level where the bots will absolutely buy, even if it's a dead cat bounce and you still go lower, the chances of the buy are substantially higher based on profit and law. I mean, just literally based on the fact that this is what they do for a fucking living. So in some instances, you can start with a 60% probability and wind up with a 75% probability, right? Or a 78% in some instances, like literally that high of a probability, but only because you're putting it inside of like a one to 2% risk ratio. So you can do this multiple times, especially on leverage, because obviously a 3x leverage or a 5x leverage, a couple percent gains, you're up 10%, right? 15, 20%. So to sacrifice 1% or 2% each time isn't that crazy, especially if you're taking them based on higher probability odds, et cetera, et cetera. So if you do hit a target that you expect to hold, you don't actually have to take the trade right there because if the trade's going to be successful, it will actually bounce off of that target and claim the previous area you expected to be support. You actually get to find out after the move occurs, what its strength was. So even though you can predict moves coming, you don't always have to play them, right? But when they play out, well, then you know within a definitive amount of statistical probability that this just happened. So then the recourse is this. Now that might not reverse, but you know that something happens here. Regardless of what it is, you know it happens because algorithmically, there's nothing else that could take place. And a lot of these market makers, they're not out there fat fingering 9,000 Bitcoin on accident, right? They're setting up their algorithms. They're setting up their bots and then their market dumping. So you look for the bots. You try to figure out what they're doing because they're likely being coerced by a picture that is being painted. And since we have human brains, we can actually look at the nuance and the psychology of what's happening and that can improve our statistical probabilities. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you'd find it fascinating, Andrew, if I'm just being quite honest. Fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, is this Facebook? <laughs> All right, guys, so getting towards the end of the show, what else can we talk about? 
Andrew, you want to talk a little bit about the magical mystery tour? Rifters, did we lose Andrew? Yeah, he did. Oh, no. When you said grifters, were you talking about Focus 5? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a joke. Man, that was rude. I actually think it's possible. One day somebody <laughs> is going to crack a code, and then that hole is going to have to be fixed. It, I mean, I'm not saying they did it, but I believe it's possible. So, we'll see. I don't know, but I believe him, you all right, Cheddar, Meta Crash. Yo, Meta Crash. Uh, who's playing? It's live. Who's, who's it's playing? Up. Yeah, what's what's the deal with that? How's it work? It. All right, all right. So it's essentially just your, your everyday crash game. Uh, just way cooler because it's you know obviously built by uh, developed. Sorry, sorry. Released by Cheddarblock Games in collaboration with some outsourced developers. Uh, we launched it about two weeks ago. Soft launch. I only just got all the bugs out of it, which is cool. Uh, and yeah, 60% of all profits are going back to our Cheddarbot Games holders, which is pretty cool. Uh, and that's happening through quest-based rewards, so we remain like, you know, compliant. We don't become a security, all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, the ba- basic, like, I guess, rules of the game, you put a bet amount down, and you've got to try, you know, as you put the bet amount down, cash out before the game stops going up in multipliers. So it starts at 1%. And then it goes up to two, three, four, five, and then, it, you know, it just randomly crashes. Uh, and you've got to try uh, cash out your multiplier before it crashes. Uh, and, yeah, that's pretty much the basis of the game. So if you put one soul down and you cash it out at times two, well, then you win back two soul, you know. You cash it out at 1.5, you win 1.5. Someone cashed out at, like, times 40 before with, like, a 0.1 soul bet. And I think they got four what, soul what back. Said, Ellie? Well, how, does that, how does that work? So it's a 5% house take uh which is i think pretty much just standard uh for crash games it's five percent house take uh for the crash game and yeah it's uh it's pretty cool a lot of people love it you know other people like just kind of get in there uh you know tell us tell us (laughs) how much they love it how much they hate it that they're losing whatever it is you know but that's just part of it it's just a bit it's a bit of fun but uh yeah we're, we're gonna like really start driving the game we sort of like only really focused on driving the game about 24 hours ago and so far so good so yeah just going to keep on working on little uh little bugs that arise which is just i think normal with development uh so yeah it's at the moment it's really running smooth and yeah super stoked with how it's going so get in there guys have have a go like a like a community to andrew's point earlier before we got into the project talk like some sort of like dow competition where each dow starts with like you know a hundred soul and you know you've got 24 hours to see who ends up on top yeah yeah i think that could be cool for sure like we could do like a couple of different sub dows based on maybe some traits that people hold or uh or even if we did it with a couple of different communities that could be pretty fun keeping your arms wrapped around your own community and the the idea here is that not that you do it with sub dows is that you try to be inclusive of other people's communities, and that that will cause a lot more adoption, right? If you make, it, I, I got, I got to. Ooh, sorry, go Andrew, go Andrew. I was just gonna say that the 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 inclusivity means you have to reach out to other DAOs, 
and have mechanisms for them to come play whatever it is you're doing. Not that you use your own traits. Like, so, you know, Solana Winter War had 16 different DAOs in it. Like, that's 16 different DAOs that, that all had access. It wasn't gated by our NFT where we're like, hey, come buy our NFT and then you can come be involved. It was, no, no, let's roll out a red carpet. Let's do whatever we can to make them feel welcome. Let's put a prize pull in. Let's, let's welcome them to the game. Make this their game. So it's less our game and it's more everybody's game. And then now you've got all these communities playing together. And if you just use the traits of your own collection, you're saying, okay, I've wrapped my arms around my universe and this is my universe. And you're not saying, hey, how do I build bridges to all of the other uh, DAOs? So a way that we've actually figured out to include other communities is that there is a 60% take that goes back to, uh, sorry, 60% of the profits that goes back to our community. But there's still another 40% that's left to play with. And so we were, we were actually, we come up with the idea, and this is when I was talking to Chris, to take 5% and give that opportunity to another community to share in that 5%. And all they would have to do to receive that 5% was to actually go ahead and complete the quests for us. And so those quests, again, would be marketing-specific quests, right? Uh, and we just know that with these styles of games, the more attention you can get, as, as the great Chris would say, uh, the more, more more volume and more eyes on the project that you get, uh, sorry, on the game that we get. And so for, for what we've done, like, decided to do, and I don't know if anyone like yourself, Andrew, would be interested, if you want your community to have uh, a share in 5% of the house profits, we'll uh, give that to you and, you know, maybe one or two other select projects uh, to enable, you know, your community to gain some cash twice a week uh, in payouts. Yeah, I, I hear that. and It doesn't interest me in the slightest. If, if you were to say to me, hey, listen, we're having a lot of fun, you know, playing a bunch of different DAOs against one another. I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, I want to be a part of that. Like the sports club did that and we were part of it. And it was a blast to basically have the different scores from all the different DAOs. And then Shaq came and backed the Astrals and we managed to beat him. And afterwards, I created this piece of art that I'm getting put on a T-shirt that has the podium of the three different DAOs, us on top then the Astrals and the Fearless Bulls, and the Astrals is carrying a picture of Shaq because we beat Shaq. Like, that was super fun. That was a bunch of different DAOs playing against one another. Uh, you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to pay me some percentage of profit to come be involved somehow, and that, I'm, I'm just saying my emotional response, my alligator brain has no response to that. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't pay me an, an amount of money as dividends to come endorse your thing. But you can make me want to come do it because it's fun and because people are playing against one another. And I, you know, you can say to me, hey, Andrew, I've heard Communa 3 has a really engaged community. Prove it. And I'm going to be like, well, damn it, I'm going to prove it to you. Tell me I'm going to get 5% of your dividends and I don't care. I mean, maybe someone else cares, but that's just my alligator brain. Yo, Andrew, I heard you have a really uh, engaged community. Some, some guy was telling me like a couple of days ago. Um, prove it. <laughs> hey, wait a second. That's no fair. <laughs> I think it'd be a cool idea to definitely uh, get a competition going and see who can like win the most. I was going to say, maybe... I do like what he's doing. Maybe we use Rain to do a free-to-play crash and the teams that gamble the best get real prizes. I'm down for it. I like it. Yeah. And we do <laughs> so it all in... Uh... Right? And we do it all in Japan. <laughs> in Dimension. Dude. <laughs> uh, no, we're just gonna call I, it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm game for, for that. that right? Yeah, like I, like I, I want that. They won't. We'll settle it then. I'm all about we'll, it. We'll build a battle it's royale, set. and we'll just let everybody bring their community, whether they be like 2D or 3D. We'll, we'll set it up. 
it also it, it doesn't matter the type of game, right? Like this first game that, that yeah. we were involved in was a sports prediction. Uh, the second one is Plants vs. Zombies. Like the type of game isn't what's important. What's important is the we fun. get to have some fun <laughs> doing the thing together, carry our flag, and I can try to prove to people that Community 3 is the best community. And then even when I lose, I'm like, well, at least we had fun. Exactly. That's the idea. Oh, this is the old point. I think and uh, really join in uh, and be able to to craft it ourselves and like just co co doing it and co verse whatever how we can call that many many words have been said <laughs> about this but however man this this is just the 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 key actually that we we need to unlock uh, how to co create all together in this. And uh, so everybody can, like, really have a home. So I'm probably gonna... lower. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, hey, God. What's I... up, dog? Hey, what's happening, man? I was going to say it might even lower the cost of adoption to the consumers themselves. If You know, sometimes when you hear that there's a, a betting game, that you've got to put some kind of a wager in first. It keeps some of the people from even trying it because they're like, no, I don't want to. addicted. You're right. Exactly. You a line of cocaine, but you only give everyone at the party a line of cocaine because you've got a brick. You yeah. know. So you let them in and you let them play for free for a little while and they see what they could have been earning and how good they are at it. Maybe they're winning 60% of the time and that's what's going to keep them going. <laughs> Dude, this is going to be the best meme ever moving forward. <laughs> and everything is just 60%. Hey, Atari X, out of all those games that you have licensed to those posters, do you have IP rights to at least 60% of them? Because if so, we have high probability here of being successful. Well, uh, I, I think uh, the partnership I'm involved in has IP rights to, to all of the old games. Uh, old games and then updated versions of those games. Uh, it's, there's, there's just different sort of layers of things with Atari. So uh, that, that's certainly something that we're looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's up with Capcom? And can we go talk to Sega? Because I got some wild ideas for them. Yeah, I don't have an in at Sega. Uh, had a meeting with Capcom today as well as the meeting with, uh, uh, with some of the parties at Atari. If you DM'd me who you talked to at Capcom, then I could have someone who can contact Sega say that we've talked to this person at Capcom with Communa 3, and then maybe they'd feel pressured to have the conversation. Okay, yeah. Uh, like, I don't mean Rob, to shit on Atari Rob, Rob here because Atari's so, gangster and shit, but, like, come on, dude. I want Sega Arcade if I'm just yeah, being, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. fucking honest. So uh, Rob Dyer, the CEO of U.S. Operations, is the Capcom guy who we're dealing with, uh, who's, who's committed to us, but he's not corporate, right? There's a Japanese corporate, and there's a big bridge between those two things because it's just uh, Japanese companies are very conservative and slow. So I'd say my indications from Capcom are we're still looking really good uh, to work with being a bridge for Street Fighter. However, it's 75%, and it will take a little longer than I would like just because... We, we get a lot of indicators of how slow the Japan head office is likely to sign off on something as big as what we're about to do. Dude, are you talking about, like, Street Fighter, seriously? Like, yeah. Hadouken? Like, Street like, Fighter. Hadouken? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Full really? Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah, Street yeah, Fighter, like, uh, like is going to just, like, wax. fuck with... No, they already fucked up a collection on wax, so Andrew's going to repair all the damage they did to their brand during that whole wax release thing. So, uh, yeah, they did a wax release where they sold pieces of art uh and they sold five million pieces uh for a 
you know, not that much money. They made about $3 million in total. Uh, they actually, the, the Capcom considers it a, a marvelous test, but they have absolutely no idea what to do next. And basically packaging what we know about engagement and Web3 and Web2, and even what we learned from Solana Winter War, we basically took a proposal to Capcom and said, hey, listen, because we knew the, the CEO of the US operations really well and said, hey, listen, here's the plan for what you can do to launch with Street Fighter that you can do right now. And he went, holy fuck. I mean, honestly, that was, that was his response. Holy fuck. I have literally taken one to two meetings every single day uh, for the last month because I'm getting so much corporate pressure to have a plan. This is the only plan I've seen that remotely makes sense. This makes a ton of sense. It seems like you've solved all the problems that we have with actually doing this because there's a bunch of IP sensitivity, right? Atari doesn't have this because they don't have sort of IP sensitivity over current live games. But companies like Blur and Riot and uh, Capcom, they have to worry about not disenfranchising all their current holders. So their approach has to be very different. So, uh, yeah, so we made our pitch to Capcom, I think, a week ago. We've had a couple meetings since then. We've gotten a verbal go-ahead that they want to launch with our plan. It would be the first sort of, uh, like, iconic current brand that was doing a major NFT launch. Uh, and ideally, it would also even come through Solana and through our collections as well for kind of the first layer of OG. Uh, it's very likely to happen. It might be slow because of Jap Japan uh, corporate. So we're actually, now we're like, okay, well, we got to put Capcom on the, okay, it's going to take us three months to sort all this shit out. We'll probably have a contract sooner than that, but it'll take a long time for us to be live. Uh, who else do we go talk to? Because we actually have a plan that can work and we've sort of shown all the pieces of it, how it would work. So now the question is, who else do we go talk to? And the list is not very long because it's less mobile game companies. It is PC companies that have some kind of brand that has brand sensitivity that don't have an approach. And everybody's trying, but your Segas of the world, your Blizzards of the world, Blizzard's a little different because of the Microsoft acquisition, but uh, Riot, is at, Riot and Blizzard are going to probably be pretty hard to crack. We actually have great high-level connections there, but uh, in the past, it seemed like, yeah, it's going to be tough to crack those. Whereas some people like Wargaming and Star Citizen those are probably going to be easier for us to crack just because the level of brand sensitivity and corporate infrastructure is a lot less. So we're, we're, we're literally talking about just like Street Fighter. We're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. We're talking about like potentially even like Wargame or Warhammer to a degree. Like all these different games, are, are they thinking about coming to like Resident Evil as well? Like there's all kinds of stuff that, that, that could be becoming like an NFT or becoming like a game over here, like in Solana, is there any way that you could talk a little bit more about that? Like, my God. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So every single game company that I know of is trying to have a strategy. Most of them are failing. There are, I'd say, mobile game companies have an easier time, at least with the game piece and the NFT piece, because they're so focused on like micro monetization that I think a lot of the logic around how to structure a game makes sense. And then they come over and they get their ass kicked in marketing because you can't run digital ads, right? Uh, so, but every single game company that I know, which includes probably half the really top game companies is 1000% convinced the future is NFTs and crypto and wants to do something and is petrified of their brand safety is petrified of disenfranchising their current users, but also knows they need to do it and doesn't know how to do it and has absolutely no idea anything about web three. That is, that is essentially the status quo everywhere now i'd actually say that atari 
being a illustrious brand, but not having the games and not being as IP sensitive in the recent past might've gone and done a bunch of missteps. And I, I was tempted to jump in earlier, but also I just figured I'd just, you know, leave him to defend his own stuff. But like Atari might've had missteps, but Atari's at least been trying to play, right? Atari's been here exposing themselves to the challenges inside of Web3. So be a little forgiving of the fact that there's been missteps. They were one of the very first iconic brands to actually come and do stuff. And obviously they, they screwed a couple things up, but that often happens when you're, when you're first to kind of come out and try stuff. So Atari is not in the same state. They've already been playing. They're still playing. They're playing here with Atari X. They're playing or hopefully playing with the, the joint venture thing that we're doing with Nolan and the game IP. Uh, but Atari is not the same as Street Fighter. Street Fighter is the number six game. Uh, in, I think, May, they're launching Street Fighter Six, uh, which is a whole nother game. It'll probably do $500 million in sales. Uh, and, like, we built them a plan that makes them $100 million on NFTs. That is a realistic, easy to deliver on. We pulled and tested it. Like, it'll work. Literally an NFT where you can, like, own all past, present, and future versions of Street Fighter. Where it can be an OG NFT into future skins, but we'll actually say that very quietly and not say that very loud, where we sort of mask some parts of this messaging to the, the broader world that, hey, here's a VIP package that is just a discount on getting different games. And if we generate enough revenue from this, once that, that threshold passes $100 million, $200 million, then it paves the path for a much faster Street Fighter Seven. that's a Street Fighter Seven that now, now these NFTs are unlocking skins, right? Now you've got Ryu in pink robes, you've got pink fireballs, you've got extra special kills, you've got, you know, a new character skin that looks entirely different. Uh, and they can play in the world of League of Legends, which has tremendous micro-monetization around a really strong brand. So we have a plan for them that takes them all the way from, here's the thing you'll do that take no dev resources and we'll literally do the whole thing for you and even manage the community and use quests and achievements and all this to make it cool. And then bridging all the way into now Street Fighter is a fully uh, skinned and adaptive to NFT uh, game, which people would love and would greatly reward the people who come in and buy this first NFT, even though the first NFT would still have great value just with like the game access, like all past, present, and future Street Fighter games. So that plan is one that is likely to fly on the Street Fighter and Capcom side. Now, what does that do with Capcom? You know, the Capcom operation, the same people do marketing for Street Fighter, that do it for Monster Hunter, that do it for Resident Evil. So the second it works with Capcom, <laughs> Monster Hunter and Resident Evil get lined up for the exact same schema. And if that schema works for one iconic brand company, what happens is three other... Hate you. I fucking hate you right now. I fucking now your big boxes so have a, no, a no, now I'm, your big corporate boxes have a have a model to follow, and now no, now I'm everybody so jumps in. Dog, I'm, That's right. I'm so mad. Nope, 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 nope. Cut everyone <laughs> off because you know what? I forgot how fucking much I love Resident Evil. I even rebought Resident Evil two and three recently, the remasters on PC, just because I fucking dude iconic. Like I used to speed run Resident Evil three, right? And I've played all seven versions, right? And uh, the VR experience of Unreal Engine 4, I have that on the Oculus. So, like, obviously, I forgot about Resident Evil. I'd give up on Sega in a fucking heartbeat just to bring Resident Evil to Web 3. Recreate VR experiences of Resident Evil, right? And then Blit, dude fuck where people can actually own the nft of the items they find in the game bro fuck 
So, wow. so not only not only should Street Fighter have their own skins and completely reskin characters, but if they get really far along, like let's just say, you know, I, I kind of talked through a one, two, three phase. What's number four phase? Number four phase is what we spent like an hour and a half talking about last time. It's, hey, listen, can we let other NFTs come and play? <laughs> can you bring your Tayo Robotic in as a skin into Street Fighter? And now you're being inclusive and you're wrapping, and, and instead of wrapping your arms around your stuff, you're building connections to everybody else. For that, there has to be a technology that reads and then adapts the NFT into a 3, 3D model. And I wonder if, if you know anybody who might be working on that technology. Chris! Actually, um, Someone know what Chris is? Actually, it's a variant of something that we do with the API and the entangler tech. And we like mix a little bit of breeding and then you really need results. You're cutting out, Chris. You're cutting out, brother. Fuck. You sound like a robot. Try again. Get out your mom's basement, man. Come back upstairs. How how awesome would Resident Evil be if some level of NFTs were also playable characters or other horrible things that could be included into the game? Like, every single game has this same element where the more you could customize it towards your collection or your community, through the the more amazing it would be. True of every single game. That has 3D models. Customization is the Increase rewards if they have play like survival mode, but they can also lose their NFT if they die as tofu. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, dude. But then they can get the tofu NFT and then it gives them like a staking bonus. Oh, or like whatever the fuck, dude. So you can make them like risk their NFT to actually earn because their skill level. Just like how we used to have to get like ranks in the game when you beat it, you get like an A, a B, a C, or like an, even an S. And when you went back into the game, you have like infinite ammo on a chain gun, right? And then you get to go enjoy that experience. But like those items could be NFT traits that are sellable, right? And then people who want to like pay to play they can do that if they want and then we could even let people play like build mini games kind of like how you build skate parks right and like a skating game why couldn't you build like scenarios inside of a fucking resident evil and start to do like land ownership and all kinds of shit like dude it would be sick as fuck to bring raccoon city to the blockchain i would fucking love that about a third of what you described i'd say ygg is doing with their achievement system so uh we're going live with their I forget what it's called. Their, I don't know, season two of their achievement system where basically you basically go on different quests through different games and then you earn uh, different NFTs as unlocks for those quests. So uh, YGG has a very advanced idea of how they want to go do this around lots of games. So they have about 20 play to earn games they're doing this with. So we actually, either we just launched it or it's happening in a couple days, launched kind of redesigning that whole quest system so that we can programmatically determine all of those actions in games and then issue NFTs as rewards all the way along without actually needing to have game integration. We can literally do it externally. Uh, so that's what I, YGG is doing, which is a part of that model, what we would use for Capcom and everybody else. Uh, it just makes it easier on the development side to start with. And then after you prove the use case, then you start to build in webhooks and you can start to get more and more dev time. But most of these companies, you've got to kind of prove to them that it works, prove to them there's a community, prove to them there's demand prove to them there's some money make it really easy to start because getting dev time out of a you know like a tier one game company is is just impossible so you have to do it without dev time to start with and then eventually you'll get dev time
are people still here? Did I just? Uh, oh yeah, no, got... we're we're here, bro. Oh yeah, It's just such a powerful like discussion. Like I think everybody's just enjoying like the 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 speed, like the dialogue, and like the depth at which everything's going. Like <laughs> it's hard it's hard to get a word in. One of the things I want to say, uh, just going back to Atari for a second, is. You know, in prefacing working deeply with Atari, we went and reviewed the financials, the public financials of Atari very carefully. And one of the things that really struck me uh, that actually means something, means something a lot to me. The single largest thing Atari spent its money on in the last year was game development. They spent way more than they made because they are investing. They're reinvesting and coming back and saying, you know what, we still have this brand. How do we uplift this brand with new games? And that actually made me very excited when I saw basically the bottom line of how much money they spent on game development exceeded how much they made in, it actually exceeded how much they made in any other category because they're reinvesting in how do we reestablish ourselves as this cool iconic brand around games. And there are a lot of other ways to leverage their IP. You know, I think they've been an IP company for a little while. They've been, you know, uh, t-shirts and and all the other things, but I think there's a real desire to come back on top in gaming. Uh, and, I, and I think it's going to be an interesting transformation to watch because they do have so much recognition and it's been 50 years, but like, is there a chance for Renaissance Fair? And I, I hope there is, uh, but they're certainly making the efforts to do it. I definitely see like Atari coming into Web3, like something exciting. As for my part, I've played Atari, I've owned one. It's just like the nostalgia. That's what's bring everybody into gaming, basically. Like uh, if it be like the music, if it be like the gameplay, the 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 team or whatever. It's just as for my part, uh, it's it's inspiring to see the companies like coming into here, and at some point, uh, all project partnering with those companies are kind of uh, teaching the kind of culture that we've uh, we've built like around the last years and uh, it's important so i'm i'm really bullish man <laughs> seeing atari and like there's a lot of company like this that will come in and uh just as for my part man I was stoked, man. Just like, oh man, I'm going, I'm going on a space with the Tari. It's like, wow, okay, man. I just want, I just want to explore what, what are they taught uh, about, like what's going on and uh, what they, what was their plan to position their, their, their self like uh, as a iconic company inside a, a new culture and new, a new environment. So wow, and basically, uh, Andrew Community Tree. Just, I just want to shout out because you guys, man, are fucking crazy and, and building a lot of uh, connection and a lot of tech and uh, a community that's huge and really, really stick together. I just want to work with you guys, of course. And basically, um, Moon Roving, thank you, man, <laughs> for hosting those crazy stuff, man. There's a lot of mind mail in there, man. It's important, man. This is how people learn. There's a lot of stuff. It's technical. It's not, it's uh, like, it, it's perfect. This is how we're going to teach people what's going on. Much well, love, guys. And, we, and it's like think, thinking with ourselves, which is why me and Andrew have to figure out some sort of working relationship. Because could you imagine 
just me and this dude having the fucking ability to just like talk through things together like it's just a crazy thing when we show up in this room it's fucking wild that the conversations me and this guy like me and him kind of just talk to each other sometimes really sorry everybody i know there's like a handful of technical people that really like it but like we accidentally just kind of talk to each other so whenever i rugged earlier what i was saying is that there and i'll make it super quick there's a python script that you can run against basically a rust contract that basically takes different psd layers from a collection and can swap them on an nft you can do this either through pushing the metadata to update it or you can do it through an entangler if it's a one and done scenario you can also bind on equip stuff so that when people uh basically equip it it has freeze authority and it stays to that nft or of course you could make it where it's transferable right so uh we're doing that right now for the dgen trash pandas the way that their mint worked for those dumpsters was that you take the dumpster and you burn the dumpster and you receive a hoodie and you can entangle that hoodie to the panda, replacing the chest trait and or putting it underneath the chest trait, like if there's a fanny pack, you know, kind of thing. And then that becomes a new rarity. And that is a permanent change that you make, not an entangled one where you can go back and forth. But then something else happens that's really cool. Whenever you do that, you also get a form to fill out so that you can receive that same hoodie in real life and inside of that hoodie is a cupcake nfc chip that when you scan it it knows that it belongs to your nft and that it came from that hoodie and it goes into your cupcake wallet and it is bind on equipped now it belongs to that panda same as the hoodie and in their mini games and their metaverse environments the dumpster is a way that you it's a home, it's protection, it's shelter, right? It's shelter, the dumpster is shelter. So they expand from there. Or dumpsters can be used to collect rain as well. So it's a fucking dope idea. And building this tech has helped us learn a lot of things that are very innovative when it comes to swapping out art. Well, since we're doing this with 2.5D, we can do this with 3D because the way we figured it out partially was using the tech that we use for our 3D character customizer, right? So we blended that with Entangler concept, added a little bit of breeding and cupcake and look what we've done. So obviously Jay uh, Pitt had the Python script and he wrote Metaplex, like dude, he's built most of Metaplex and wrote the candy machine contracts and the Entangler contracts, like Jay built all that, right? And now he's building Raindrop Protocol, which is live, right? So this is kind of um, something that's extremely doable. And I just like really love that that's where we're at. Like, and this is kind of where I was being a cunt earlier to Atari because me and Moon Roving have this good cop, bad cop relationship that we always do here. But I was kind of being a cunt because at the end of the day, when I hear Ethereum, I'm like, oh, fuck. They're, they don't have, a, if it's a gaming project and they're like, Ethereum. I'm like, fuck, you don't have someone who knows a lot actually guiding you. And then I find out it's because the utility builders, right? And it makes me feel like, fuck, that sucks. Because if it doesn't go off successfully, this can ha like leave a bad taste in people's mouth. And we're seeing that like the Ethereum NFT transaction volume, Ethereum purchase volume, everything. OpenSea is like 
dude, they're kind of losing to Magic Eden. Like, on the regular, they're taking L's, right? Even this Izu thing. I think Izu actually kind of proves my point. So can I, can, really I just, cool. can I just say, uh, I'm so, that uh, this call actually lowered our chance of working with Atari because, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here trying to decide, you know, is there going to be too much debt incurred? From Atari X poster launch, <laughs> but like, or is it going to be something that together with more synergy? Make a success out of this. Like, yeah, what if they so, didn't have to fail. You know what I mean? That's like, I'm so fucking worried here. Yeah, I, you, I, I got worried as well, and I don't know. And I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to go talk to Atari X and excited to go deeper with Atari, but, uh, but I did get a little bit worried. I'm like, okay, is this gonna, is this actually a torpedo that we even want to do something with Atari? Because if you, if you have enough bad things go out there, it can, it can cause a lot of problems. And uh, my response to Ethereum was also, okay, this is a poster project, but it's also saying it's a lot more, which is uh, complicated. Uh, but actually, I mean, the guy here described the vision of Atari in such a beautiful way that I'm also excited. So it was a push and pull there. I, I do need to run. So, uh, Moon, can I kind of give an exit description of Rifters for people here? He's there. And, Andrew. Well. I mean, oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. We're closing the show here in a minute. So, yeah, why don't you go, Andrew? Sorry, sorry. I just wanted to ask you, Andrew, just quickly before you like do the uh, description and run. I do want to get Cheddar Block Games uh, involved with the the doubt thing that we spoke about when we first started the space, man. So just like uh, how do I who do I contact to just make it happen? Excellent. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to say. So if there is a if there is a DAO here, particularly gaming groups, we'd love to work with you. So uh, right now we have a discord, which is a C1 discord. Uh, I think it's actually, it's linked. If you have, I don't know if it's actually linked anymore to this space or not. I mean, it was the last one. Uh, basically, there is both a form to fill out to say, hey, listen, I'd like to be part of Solana Winter War 2, or I'd like to be part of Rifters, or yeah, I just want to, it's at the top, okay. Or I just want to collaborate in some way, or I want to come and get whitelist or, or deathless in this case. Uh, first, I want to say, anybody here who is doing anything that is crossed out, I want to be involved with both C3 and C1, so reach out to me because love to love to play in whatever people are doing that is crossed out. Let's all do it together. Uh, and then for those who are looking to be involved in something else, uh, we do have Solana Winter War 2, which will probably be out in maybe another month and a half. Uh, it'll involve probably a lot of different DAOs. This last one was a ton of fun. Uh, I think by the end, there was at least 30 DAOs that were involved in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and three times more players than any other game. And and the, the DAOs that came and did well added players and holders. People would go and buy the NFT of like, oh, I mean, honestly, like I heard this over and over again from the Stone Frogs because they actually won the tournament. That uh, they just got a lot of new holders because people thought it was cool that they went and won. Uh, and that they, you know, just sort of represented so well. Uh, so if there are DAOs here uh, who want to be a part of any of the things I've mentioned, which is Solana Winter War and Rifters, love to have you. If there are DAOs here doing your own competitions, we'd love to be a part of it. Let me describe Rifters here really quick. So Rifters is a game we've been developing in stealth for most of the year. And this game was actually inspired by uh, both Ready Player One as an event-style game. Also inspired a lot by lessons we learned from Sandbox and other big companies when we saw what was and wasn't working. We came up with a whole new revolutionary game model. It is the first MOCE RPG, Mass Online Community Event Role-Playing Game. It is a role-playing game in which the DAOs come and play their own NFT. So, for example, when Tayo comes and plays, they literally come and they play their robot as their NFT character. It's not 3D rendered art yet, like I'm so is talking about. 
uh, but they come and play their robot. They have stats of the robot. The gate to play the game is actually the DAO that's included. They're all competing against one another. All the DAOs are fighting against one another in PvP action. But there is also role-playing PvE action where you're fighting against demons and going on quests and trying to defeat the Rift Lord. And it is one giant event that a player or a DAO wins. Uh, and it's meant to be a really community-driving type of uh, game because there's lots of reasons to talk to other people and trade with other people. Inside of the game, you can mint items. And those items are named after people in the communities. So if, if he comes and plays, you know, Cheddar Block, literally someone will go and find an item that is a Cheddar Block uh, Holy Avenger plus five. And they can choose to mint that item and then go give it to Cheddar Block or they can uh, sell it to him for money. And that's totally up to the players. Uh, this is a very deep game. It's a double A title. Uh, it, I think, has a very good chance of revolutionizing many different concepts and approaches that people will take in terms of playing games because we've layered in uh, many techniques that we have learned that that are very, very effective that are not like what most people are, are building. So uh, also, if you're a builder, you should come check it out and just see how it functions because I think you'll probably walk away with some inspirations for how to, how to incorporate some of the ideas into your own stuff. Uh, hey, Andrew, um, yeah. before you leave, because I know you have a tendency of dipping out, I'm actually going to send you four files right now. And what I want you to do is I want you to go to the collection that I type and I want you to look at the number of the collection and the number of the files that I sent you. Okay. Okay. All right. It'll be that is easy. This, I'll type this, the rest there, but be paying attention this, for it. Is this the size? I don't know what you were about to say. So I just had to stop you. <laughs> Andrew, is it, is it mobile friendly yet? The game? Uh, no, uh, the game we just made, Solana Winter War, can be mobile friendly uh, pretty easily. It's actually a mobile game that we ported to being a browser game. Uh, do you want, so do you want us do, to help you with that? Sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. We, we would totally uh, like remake this game so you can host it in your platform. It, do you have a way to collect wallets? Yes. Yep. I can't, tell you, I can't tell you how, but my, like the, the, the technical explanation, because I, like, I I'm not going to claim to know. But my dev definitely could. But I've got a team of 15 that uh, if you need to like port it over to mobile and you want to host it on the Jetablock Games platform, I'd be happy to have it as like one of the first few games that we're going to actually release with. Uh, and that's happening in like five weeks. But, mate, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, that, that, that'd be easy. Yeah, I, I think uh, this game is already very, very like we could we could port to mobile pretty easily. Well, I mean, maybe like a week or two uh, uh, or you guys can help us port it. But then really the wallet collection is the reason that we didn't do it in mobile. That'd be great. A lot of people want to play it on mobile. Uh, so that's great. We should definitely do that together. I've been checking out Solana Winter Wars like all throughout the space. And for sure, we definitely need to talk because uh, at the moment, Dimension, it's, uh, it's brought up on browser, but we are working on deployment as well. So we would love to kind of have that collaboration. Wait, how do you need the wallet addresses for Cheddar again? What was that part I heard? Uh, we want to collect wallet addresses so that we have a true user ID for the purpose of giving away prizes. Oh, okay. Uh, Would you like those to also be associated with their Discord handle? Yes. Yo. Uh, okay. Not as important. Uh, we do do that in, in Rifters. In Rifters, we do a direct association when you create your account. Uh, yeah, so what's your methodology right we now? For Ched, we built Cheddar a a fake Matrika, basically, where there's a button yep. in Discord for the first-time user who wants to register for the marketing rewards, 
they basically click the button in Discord and it takes them to a React page where we get their public username and then we get the wallet that has the NFTs and how many are in there. And then we send that to an API and it does the math and tells the bot how many how many tokens to send to the user. And then what we do after we've done that one time, we keep that recorded and on chain, we pull the snapshot to see if they still have the same amount or less, it's all automated. So like one week they might have 32 NFTs, another week they might have 38, they might have 24. So before payouts are distributed, uh, we back test that. If NFTs have left that wallet, then that person gets a lower pay because it's their fault. It's just like Matrika. If you have a Matrika verified wallet and you move the NFT out of that wallet, it's no longer verified, is it? So it only can, you know, I mean, unless you want to re-register a new wallet. So we basically just built a mini Matrika is what we did. Yeah, that, that's actually fairly similar to what we did for uh, for Rifters inside the game. But but we didn't do any of this for Solana Winter War. Uh, I don't know that we need a Discord association for it. I mean, it's certainly better to have it. Uh, but we should talk about that more. So, uh, yeah, so Cheddarblock, excited to hopefully get our game on your mobile distribution platform. You solved the wallet thing, and that is the main reason that we didn't do it on mobile to start with. Uh, I also thought that the, the proponents of Discord and uh, of PC users was higher, but it really is half the people want to play the game on mobile. And that game is actually a mobile game, so it is it is actually fully playable and a good experience on mobile. Uh, Rifters is very different. It's not really a mobile game, and so it wouldn't play the same. Uh, Did I tell you about us um, experimenting with wrapping Unreal Engine 5 games that are built for mobile, wrapping them and streaming through a browser? Did I tell you about that whole experimental thing we're doing? You did. We discussed that briefly in context. of God, that's going to be fun. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. Anyway, I did send you that DM. I think you're going to like it. I sent you the link to the collection, and I sent you the four FBX models. Tell me that's not fucking sick. (laughs) That is very awesome. Uh, All right, so let me just finish. So, Rifters, love to have different DAOs come be involved. Uh, You know, we've got Deathless for people. We've got the possibility of being in the first world, which is a fantasy one, or later ones. Rifters is meant to, you know, have lots and lots of DAOs come be involved and play in different versions. Uh, Eventually, we'll even be creating custom versions for different DAO crossovers, like, uh, you know, these eight DAOs want to play in this type of world, superhero. Uh, So, love to have anybody here who's a DAO come be involved. Uh, You can come to the Discord. You can fill out this application form. You can also just connect with me directly. Uh... It's kind of the same process for any one of these three things. If you want to be in Solana Winter War 2, if you want to be involved in Rifters, uh, the first one or later ones, or if you want to uh, come and get collaboration for Deathless spots for Rifters. Uh, I believe this game has a, has a real chance of being uh, a, a big disruptor in the space. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, a lot of new models, so it's not certain because no one's ever done the things that we're doing. Uh, but we've proven all of the individual elements and then put them all together. So I'm, I'm very, very excited about what the, the finished product will be. Uh, and the game is coming out uh, in about four weeks. Yeah, absolutely. we love you. We'll definitely be in touch, Andrew. It's always good hearing from you. I uh, I would love to, I would love to partner up and show you what we're cooking up over at Dimension. So we'll definitely be in touch. Hey, hey does, and, the, does the mint happen right before launch? Yeah, I'm I'm aiming for the mint to be about a week before launch. It, there's kind of several moving parts, right? You don't want to mint until you're all the way ready to mint. This market is a, is a weird one, and this is not going to be a small, small, cheap collection because 
the exiles actually have a pretty big implication and you're getting multiple NFTs out of it. And there's a, a lot of things that go into this. So, uh, so I can't pin down the exact date we're going to, we're going to launch. I expect it to go well. Everyone who sees this game goes, holy shit, this is completely groundbreaking. I'm starting to build a wall of quotes. I'd love to have some quotes from you guys too. Moon Roving at some point. I know you're not a gamer. I need to sit you down and show you this in more detail and then, and then get your reaction so I can put it on, on my wall of quotes. Cause so far the responses have been really strong. I think we're going to change the genre of gaming. Uh, I think it's going to be huge. At, at the very least, it's going to be super fun and uh, and interesting. Um, I would also like to say that all four of those models combined are a total of 23 megabytes. So even in a really situation, you actually could put all of them in one environment, but much better to procedurally generate them. Andrew, I'm dead fucking serious. With you in my corner, there's no way we lose. So, like, I'm saying that publicly. We really do have to take this up. But I just sent you everything. Like, we really have to talk about this. Because you're, like, the way that you guys have, like, you have the business model to actually give a voice to brilliant minds because you've been there, done that. I am a person who is just incredibly technically proficient and i grew up in a city where you fucking you worked to eat and like when i found web 3 and i saw that i could apply my level of insanity to something that could be productive and valuable and add value to other people's lives i took trading as my method to get into the ecosystem so i thought like look the only way you're ever going to be able to not have a regular ass job is if you figure out this thing and if you can't figure out the math and you don't have the emotional control to figure out this thing, you're not going to be able to offer anything to the space, and you might as well just be a hodler, dude, and, like, instead of a miner, right? And so, like, I went through a lot of emotional conflict to be where I am at today with this space, and when I hear you speak and I look at your professional relationships, but I see the quality of skill that these a very small group of individuals that I have been lucky enough to convince that my insanity is actually genius. Um, what we've been able to craft, and I look at the rest of these projects out here that have raised hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, and I look at their projects and I go, dude, what we have done, we have done over nine months with $156,000 in five people. And as far as I know, no one else does a couple of these things and to me it just says like i know that your tech and your thought processes are the way to monetize i know that dimensions thought processes and their conceptual idea is something that is probably going to be done in a different format but for the interim it lets them kind of pave a way of open-mindedness and because they have a skill set, their skills can be applied to our ecosystem, just like my tech can be applied to other ecosystems. So we don't all have to have the best idea. One of us needs to have the best idea. And, and Andrew, maybe it is you. So like, let's figure out how the fuck we improve that so that we can make this composability effort more realistic than anyone expected it to be. Like those models I just sent you can easily be put in a fucking mobile app easily. So like at the end of the day, it's like, shit, man, you make me more bullish, dude. I don't think I can get more bullish than like when I receive messages like these, but then I sit here and I talk to you 
And I just, it, it's like as bullish as I can ever fucking be is whenever I sit here and I talk to you. So please, I do, I did read our conversation earlier, but please look at those models and let's figure it out. Dude, I love you. I, I will. Uh, yeah, always a pleasure to talk to you. I, I imagine we'll be here a few more times in the next few weeks. Uh, I, I went and talked to our executive producer and I said, hey, listen, by the way, remember how I was poo-pooing on 3D models because I really care about direct art inclusivity and like I want people's characters to just be the actual NFT. And so we were just like, I, I told you we were going to punt on on actually using 3D uh, animations for uh, uh, for six more months until the technology caught up. Well, apparently someone made most of that tech. So he's like, okay, cool. Can we delay the, can we delay the game launch and then include at least some element? I'm like, no. I'm like, fuck you. We're not delaying the game launch over including 3D models. But version 1.5, sure, we can look at what we can do that has 3D models. Because he really, really wants 3D models. He freaking hates 2D art. And like, it, it... <laughs> so I well, knew the beautiful part is you have a team of 3D artists who know how to build in game assets for both Unity and Unreal Engine, which means they can rig assets that we can put in the OpenGL environment and we can generate collections or offer customizable characters for all of those 3D models. And with how NFT collections work, it's one fucking base model with different, right, textures and different traits. So it's actually like a luxury that we have in this space that um, mathematically it's actually pretty simple from a 2D perspective. So you're only amplifying that shortly. But like I'm also I also am uploading a video there and the video will show you that I am scrolling through thousands of them, Andrew. But I showed you four because I can't upload all that would be fucked up of me. But I did upload four. I did offer the rarity chart and I am uploading a video right now that will show you that I am scanning through the whole collection, dude. Like we can do it. Oh, we can oh you're, you're, do so it. you're the ones who did this for famous Fox thing. Whoa. No nope. moon. You have to cancel the recording. Our mints tomorrow. Whitelist for everyone here. Yeah. Dimensions mints if, if tomorrow. If we, if we, yeah. Helping if we me cancel. with something too. <laughs> but not this. They're helping me with something different. But the pr- dude, listen. Well, yeah, maybe I got my signal crossed. I just know that someone did this for Famous Fox. That that's been public information. So that's yeah, what so I'm cr- to. Yeah. So fun guys built. Okay. So okay, I'll just tell you real quick. Then you get to leave. So Meta Age and some of their devs, I believe, built the original models. But the textures and the riggings were whatever because they may not have put as much effort. I don't know how that all played out. But what I do know is that they built the first ones. Now, they weren't working out to spec or there was a problem with creating the collection, the time frame, whatever it was. So they hand these models off to Crypto Fun Guys, which is Crypto Anki, right? The Fun Guys NFT. And he's like, yeah, I can repair those assets for you. But the problem is the fame, the people really wanted it to be like a direct rep- representation of their collection. They didn't want it to be a new NFT or a customizable NFT because people are married to their Fox rarity and their Fox identity. So they needed it to be an exact replica. Well, fun guys knew that we had built the ability to read metadata and procedurally generate custom characters inside of Unreal Engine and WebGL. So I always told them that what is a customizer can become a creator and a creator can become a generator. So as soon as they had these assets, they said, can you do this? Well, we had to fix some things about the assets, but it's not Crypto Anki's fault. Like, it really is the person who made the models the first time. These guys just made them prettier. Anyway, doesn't matter. We did it. 
there were some skeletal mesh issues and stuff with the first couple generations. It took us about two weeks to actually figure out how to create a generative art collection, well, a generative character collection out of rigged FBX assets, right? So when we did, it was like, okay, well, we already know how, we've already got the API build and the Phantom Wallet plugin to read the NFT. I, 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 got, I, I got to drop off, I'm sorry. Okay. So you know what we did though. We read the metadata and we reassembled them and there's your proof. Yep, awesome. Hey, uh, real pleasure everybody. Sorry, uh, poker guy. Uh, I don't see your name right here about, <laughs> but I, also, I wish you the absolute best of luck dimension. I uh, really hope you mint out and have a good mint. Uh, and that we also have more conversations uh, like this after your mint. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, brother. Good seeing you. Thanks all for right. Have you. a good night, all. Cheers. Have a good night. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, guys. We are going to be closing the show. I'm way past my bedtime. Got to go to sleep. But um, thanks you for know. listening to Community 3. Sponsoring the show. Uh, Dimension, obviously, Mint of the Week. Thanks for hanging out, having a good time. Good luck with the Mint tomorrow. Uh, we'll be watching it. We'll be minting, all that good stuff. And uh, Cheddar Black Games, as always, Blake has been hanging out. Uh, thanks for sponsoring the show this week. Also, uh, with your Meta Crash game, keep building, keep going. Grateful for you guys. Grateful for all the listeners. Having a good time tonight. Uh, I'm a little tired, as you all know. It's almost 1 o'clock here, so i got to wake up early. We have a show at 8 a.m. I've got a bunch of real-life work to do as well. And then going to the Cowboys game tomorrow night. So it's going to be a long day. Uh, but with that, uh, I'm just going to close the space out. Oh, sorry to do that, but I'm dead tired. Uh, thanks to everyone that hung out. Uh, Atari, good seeing you. Grateful for having you as well. Uh, I was super sick to kind of learn about what you guys are doing. Focus 5 Sports, very interested as well. Uh, pretty interesting uh, project there with the sports betting and all that good stuff. Chris, as always, good to see you. Thanks for, for spending time. And with that, guys, that's the Lit Lace Show for tonight. God bless. Make good decisions. Do your own research. Mint wallets. All that. We'll catch up with you guys tomorrow, 8 a.m. Central. And then we've got four shows that are pretty full already for next week. So we'll be back. With that, talk to you all soon. Have a great night. Cheers.